0: I just threw my guns down, walked away. Little bastard shot me in the ass. So I limped to the nearest saloon, crawled inside a whiskey bottle, and I've been there ever since. <laughs>
1: Another choice the only other choice is the scene where they're all just sitting around passing gas uh, for like seven minutes. And well, that may play well on the screen. We choose to work in a slightly cleaner way here on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. There, Dylan. Why? Uh, hello. It's six minutes and eighteen seconds after the hour of eleven, and this the day, month of April, the last day of April, I think. Today, April thirtieth. April thirty days half of September, April, June, and November. Yeah. Is... April thirtieth in the year of our Lord two thousand and eight. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM nine seventy Solid State Radio. Thank you for coming along. It is Wednesday and welcome to day twelve. This, my friends, my compadres, my companions, my amigos, my fellow travelers on the road of comedy is the Rick Emerson cavalcade of whimsy. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. If you want, you should uh, get on board with your comments, questions, clarifications, Cavetch's two cents, what have you. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Lover of ladies, Richie Bristol, is standing by ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, or the mundane. It is uh, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Although yesterday, somebody sent me... I don't think I have it. I think I've set it aside somewhere, and then I forgot it. Bless you, sir. Somebody sent me exactly what our telephone... Would Like the exchange would be, it's like you know, Riverside 7920 or something. I'll look it up. It's 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. Uh, coming up today, we'll talk to CNN radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins, who I think believes that she's coming on to talk about ethanol. Your little secret, a little something between me and you. No idea what ethanol is. Don't care. Don't know. Me either. I didn't don't know
2: understand. how to pronounce it. I was just scheduling. was just scheduling with Tyler. I'm like, ethanol? Ethanol?
1: I have ethanol. No, I don't. I have no idea what it is. I think it might be a thing that you make up out of corn. But that being said, I, I really don't know the answer. And here's another question: Corn isn't bad for you. Why is corn syrup bad for you?
2: You I don't know, but I drank out of a cup made out of corn the other day. <laughs> it, was so, it was at the swell season. Uh-huh. I got a beer, and the beer on the side of the cup, it said... A corn you know, cup? Yes. It says cup. this cup is made out of corn. It's 100% organic.
1: Why would you need an organic cup? I don't know. But the plastic understand. was pretty flimsy. I don't understand this. Oh, it wasn't like a regular... Oh, it was like, a, like one of those styrofoam cups.
2: No, it was a clear plastic cup, but it was made out of corn. But it was out made, of made out of
1: corn? What is the point of that Exactly. I don't know. you know what else is made out of corn now those packing peanuts uh packing peanuts you may not remember this do you remember when things were made sarah do you remember styrofoam
3: uh-huh.
1: no i mean i, I that, it, it seems like a thing that you that, that the younger generation may not remember because in oregon now i think in oregon i don't think you can even have styrofoam anymore do they sell anything made out of styrofoam in oregon i know they do it i don't know tim do they make any? do they sell anything out of styrofoam in oregon
4: I don't believe that's legal.
1: That's what it seems. Maybe states. go to a dollar store and find some. See, as of see, even right now, Tim is drinking out of a coffee cup, which is sort of has the feel of styrofoam. It's sort of knobbly and grippy on the outside. But I think that's just made out of regular old... You know, that might actually be paper with some sort of corn covering. And here's why I say this. Because uh, you know, back in my day, when you would buy an item in the mail or something, and it would come packed into a big box, it, it would either be bubble wrap or styrofoam packing peanuts. And at some point... The styrofoam packing peanuts began to be made out of corn starch, and so it is a fun fact now uh, that if you get something in the mail and it, it, it's got all those the, sty- the, the corn peanuts inside of it, those are now edible. Uh, which I guess is—I don't know if they did that because it, I'm never—I'm never clear about whether things are being done for the environment or because children are choking on them. Those are really the only two reasons we change anything in this country. Is it is it's bad for the ozone somehow? or there's some nutcase kid that swallowed a fistful of whatever. That's why you buy Everlasting Gobstoppers now, and they're neither gobstopping nor are they Everlasting. Because, and I am going to use this phrase twice now in one minute, when I was a kid, Everlasting Gobstoppers that you would buy at the store that were made by a company actually called the Willy Wonka Candy Company, thank you, they were huge. I mean, like the size of your fist, man. Uh, And then when I was in about six. Like Jawbreakers? Not a jawbreaker, but I mean, they actually used to sell a thing called an everlasting gobstopper uh, that somebody had licensed that word from the ruled Doll Estate, and it was actually made by uh, a company that called themselves the Willy Wonka Candy Company. They were the same people that made Nerds candy, and I think they made they made something else too. They, maybe they made Airheads. Um, but they started, but they diminished the size of the everlasting gobstopper when I was in about sixth grade, and we always heard it was because of some kid from, pardon me, New England who choked to death. And so, therefore, because of that kid's idiot mistake, we all had to be punished. You see an everlasting gobstopper in the store now? I don't even think they're called everlasting gobstoppers. For one thing, I think they're simply called gobstoppers, and they're minuscule. Where did I start with this observation? I
2: don't know, but it's boring.
1: <laughs> I, Thank you. I
4: wholeheartedly agree. But it is early, and we can regroup.
1: <laughs> Thanks so much, Tim. I appreciate your vote of confidence. Moving on, Lisa, a total Lisa Desjardins is going to talk about ethanol. <laughs> that
4: sounds exciting too. Uh,
1: joining us today from MrSkin.com, Mister Skim, uh, Skin will be back uh, and, and so forth. Um, the worst story ever gets even worse today.
2: Oh no, does it? Oh, it gets even. Tim, yes.
1: had, Tim knows the story I'm talking about. Just when you thought the story in Austria couldn't become any more horrific.
2: I couldn't get that out of my mind. I couldn't scrub it out last night.
1: Yeah, Lara, at one point, uh, we were talking, because she had been sort of busy all day yesterday for reasons that we'll describe here in a moment, and she hadn't heard much about it, and so she made the fateful mistake of saying, hey, so what's up with that thing in Austria? What's that about? And it was one of those things where I wanted to tell somebody else because I didn't want to just be sitting there with it in my head by myself. Mm-hmm. And I said, he's this insane guy, and he had a dungeon, and they kept his daughter down there for 26 years, and it was all crazy, and there were seven kids, and one went in the incinerator, and the other three lived upstairs, but then he was building another house across town. And so I was telling her the whole thing, and I got about 90 seconds in, and she kind of said, you know what, I don't want to know. So mm-hmm. just... Uh, and I'm like, when I get home... She doesn't home, say,
2: like that gross kind of stuff. I'll send you
1: a map and a schematic diagram of the whole dungeon? No, that's it, exactly... She, just... she
2: doesn't like Dexter or anything like that.
1: And she, let's be honest, deals with crazy people all day long who've done any any number of nutty things. So I think that she felt at some point like that was a bit of a bringing the work home with her. Anyway, um, we'll ask the magical question. How are you preparing for Rick Emerson Listener Party 11 featuring the Rick Emerson roast? Um, and other things and so forth and whatnot? not... Uh, Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification on this Wednesday.
4: Well, it happened too fast for West Lynn police to stop. A man killed his wife in their parking lot. However, he rammed her vehicle about 30 minutes before that. Nobody called 911 about that. A Portland man awakens with his hair on fire. A 360-pound Oregonian is rescued while hiking the Appalachian Mountain Trail back east. I'll save this for later. It's about that... uh...
1: The house of, you know what? It's about the uh, the house of horrors
4: yeah. in Austria. I know this sounds like child's play compared to that, but let's not forget about the polygamous children in our own country. Oh yeah. Uh, many polygamous children have broken
0: bones.
1: Well, there you go. It's 503-733-2970. Joined, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Stelman. Hello. How are you doing? Hello.
2: I'm doing fabulous. I went out and uh, karaoke with my uh, big brother, Tuggy, last night.
1: Excellent. Met
2: some listeners. I met this really nice KJ. I can't remember your name, but you were super nice. And Troy.
1: Act- oh, and uh, this, this is a good uh, chance to say this. I should give a shout-out to a guy named Mark. Uh, I met Mark yesterday morning. And I meant to give him. I meant to, to to say hello yesterday, but we got so distracted with that uh, that Joseph Workman uh, kid who had been on stage at the Swell Season concert. Um, so I was dropping my dog off to have his haircut. He uh, <laughs> you know, dropping uh, dropping Max off to be groomed. I you know, you know what I've embraced it. I'm okay. I'm I'm confident in my dog.
2: It's time Muppet needs the haircut. He's getting a little super fluffy.
1: And so, but of course, as I'm getting out and i you know Max is you know being a little spastic uh, because he you know getting in the car and driving around and you know whatever. And it was raining and then it was warm and whatever, so he was a little amped up. So it was the best of all possible moments. So I'm, I parked the car outside the dog grooming place. I open the door. This is the only dog story I'll tell today. I get out of the car, and here I'm a grown 35 year old man actually holding a small fluffy white poodle because he's kind of freaking out a little bit, and I didn't want him to get all nutty and he, he just started running off on the leash. So I turn around, and there's a guy pulling in to go to the business across the street. And he goes, Hey, you're Rick Emerson, right? And I'm like, um,. Yes, hello. And I looked down and realized that I'm holding the white poodle in my arms. And he goes, well, that must be Max. And it wasn't. Anyway, so, hello, Mark. And uh, thanks for listening. All right. So, well, we did all of this uh, stuff uh, coming up here in just a second. But let's... Okay. So, yeah, I need to talk to you. About? About the roast stuff. Well, we have... So, we have the roast uh, to talk about. Uh, we have this other stuff here. And we have... A little bit of recapping still to do from yesterday. Because yesterday was just the craziest day.
2: Man, and it just kept getting crazier. It was not happy time in
1: Ricktown yesterday. Ah, I have to tell you. Oh, and by the way. And
2: after the show, when you smashed, when your cup, your favorite cup fell off and
1: you smashed it and then you cut your finger open. And I don't even know where to begin here. I don't know whether to begin at the end or the end of the beginning. Uh, let me just say this. Let me work backward from this morning when, uh, when Susan Reynolds and Sarah Dillon were sitting in my office talking to me about something. So you guys came in. And it must have been a little awkward for you because halfway, I was talking to Sarah and Susan about something in my office today, having to do with the listener party, and about halfway through the meeting, the phone rang, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I have to take this as my doctor. And I answered it, and so there I am making a doctor's appointment on the phone while you guys are there, and. Um,
2: and Susan's hilarious. i like, why is he going to the doctor?
1: <laughs> Susan, so Susan's like, are you infected? Should we sit? Should we sit further away? Is your face gonna begin swelling? And then, then swelling? we concluded
2: that it was the probably your head doctor. Yes,
1: that's exactly yep. what it was about. So I'm. But so, like,
2: I think he had a mental breakdown yesterday. I'm pretty sure that it's probably a shrink. I don't want to call it a full
1: mental breakdown, but clearly there was I'd some sort that's of. I
2: think it's the closest to mental breakdown <laughs> I've seen you have in like
1: a couple of years. Yes, it was. It was not a happy day. So uh, I'll be going back to the doctor. <laughs> Because I'm crazy. Um, by the way, I'll be going back I'm to the proud doctor. I'm you
2: because you're very proactive because you had the breakdown yesterday and you already have an appointment.
1: What is today? Today's April what? The 30th. Yeah, I'll be going on June 2nd. So you get another five weeks to deal with me and then maybe I'll be no. back to normal at some point. It's the sort, But that's the thing. is as soon as they can get me in because they always want to schedule... What the hell is it with shrinks, man? Do they assume that everybody who's crazy also has no job? Is that the thing? But if you're a danger to the general public, why should you waste? <laughs> well. <laughs> or to yourself. I don't know that I would frame my state of mind exactly that way, Tim. Oh, you no, I'm not making such i ha- I'm making a generalization, not you specifically. I guess. I mean, that's the thing is, but it, it seems like if you... It, you know, it's one thing if you just got like, I don't know, what do you got? Well, I don't know, I've got a nervous tick in my left foot that won't go away. That's one thing. Or you would it be? Well, I don't know, I've got a small rash behind on one of my earlobes. That's another thing. If you feel like you're actually, you know, what did you do? Well, I'm thinking about carving up my mother and putting her in a pie. Well, okay. How's August 15th? <laughs> uh, and they all want to do it. Every appointment time so she gave Did they give you a me. mental
2: assessment? Maybe they, they she just... She
1: did. No, and I... And that, and Maybe I,
2: from your mental assessment, they realized that you would be okay for I wasn't
1: it. going to admit that up front, by the way, but yes, they no, gave I, me... No, the... when I
2: went to a shrink, they do the same thing. <laughs> like, okay, what's going on? What's wrong?
4: She, I think I'm hearing knocking on the wall from my basement...
1: <laughs> I'm hearing the noises of children in the house next door But I don't see any children <laughs> I'm sorry, is it too soon?
3: Oh. <laughs> that well, makes me feel icky.
1: Sarah, sometimes you just have to learn really to laugh at life's darkness Um. Okay, so I'm going to take a deep breath here Because I can already feel myself light
4: at the end of the basement
1: <laughs> Flowers in the basement Yeah! That's it That's it That's Flowers it. in the basement, bitches That's okay. it all right. Um, I can already feel myself, as I told the shrink today, starting to fragment a little. So I'm going to pull myself together. Um, Did
2: you have to have your mental assessment this morning or Yeah, because...
1: No, but it was this morning uh, because I called That's yesterday. That's Was it when I,
2: Susan I were sitting in your...
1: That was just calling back to give me the appointment. But if you guys had walked into my office about 10 minutes earlier, you would have heard me on the phone going, uh, no, no immediate thoughts of harming myself. Well, I mean, sometimes, no. I mean, what I meant to say is, no. you know, whatever, they run mm-hmm. you through the whole thing. And they actually have a checklist they go down. And... So she was asking me, you know, specific questions. And you can tell when you talk to, and for those who don't know what I'm talking about, I, I called up because I haven't gone to my shrink in a long time because the last shrink they gave me was a big load. And so how did I, you find the new one? Well, they're going to send me to somebody, and hopefully it'll, it'll work. That's the thing with the insurance. They kind of, you know. It is all your socialist fears come through, Tim. They, they just pick the doctor for you, and hopefully it'll work. But, um, gotcha. but I called up, and I said, well, I haven't gone for a while, and I think maybe it's time to get back into that shrinking because I think I'm crazy again. And so she's asking me all of these questions because before you go to the appointment, as Sarah said, they give you a mental health assessment over the phone, which is basically like a 10 or 12-minute sort of question-and-answer session over the phone during which they determine what kind of crazy you might be. Are there any firearms in the house? <laughs> <laughs> are there are there any pets? Is the front door unlocked? Um, and um, so she asked me a series of questions, and it's obviously a flow chart where depending on what... Your answer is that determines what the next question will be. Mm-hmm. So she says things like, "Are you having difficulty focusing at work? Are you having difficulty?" And she asked Can me, "Did you actually, tell her what you did?" Well, uh, I said I was in. A, I said I was in a sort of a creative field. That's what I said. I said I said well I'm you know I'm I, I said I'm kind of in the entertainment industry. I said here's what I said actually. If you're listening out there, a woman from my insurance company, this is me. I said well mm-hmm. I speak to groups of people. So I made it sound like I was Tony Robbins or something, I guess, but... I
3: speak uh, to groups of
1: people. I just said I talk to people for a living. I I speak to large groups of people for a living. Why don't
2: you say I'm on the radio? Uh, Because,
1: I don't know. I mean, do you say that? Like, when you go to your doctor, does your doctor ever say, what do you do for a living? Do you say you're on the radio?
2: Yeah, sometimes. I haven't... um... Aren't
1: you always... I hate to sound egocentric, but aren't you kind of always afraid it's going to be a listener?
2: Yeah, well, that's what I'm...
1: I'm on the radio. Oh, you're that Sarah. Yeah. I didn't know you were crazy. I mean...
2: Or especially, yeah, it, it it depends. It depends. Sometimes I'll say like I'm a barista. I either settle on radio <laughs> or a barista.
1: I'm a plumber. Um, Are you a plumber? I am. So, uh, but what was my point? Oh, and plus, you know, I, I've been. I mean, as we've learned, sometimes people recognize you by your voice. I guess we have voices that maybe stand out a little bit in some way. And so I didn't want like the voice plus the I'm on the radio, and then yeah, then that just makes it awkward. So I just said... But I mean, well, that like,
2: might... That's, you know, if she's trying to figure out what kind of crazy you are...
1: Well, I said I was an entertainer. Oh, and, an I entertainer talked, okay. and, I, and I talked to large groups of people. Uh, and I figured that was enough. And so she said, well... And so she was asking me... To, and I said, well, I'm finding it kind of difficult to focus. And I, I, I said, I feel like my brain sometimes is... Instead of one big campfire, it's thousands of little tiny campfires spread throughout my brain. And I can't focus on any one for too long because I get distracted. And I was describing the other... How sometimes... Like, my brain is sort of like a web page where you click a link and then click a link and then click a link, and then you're 15 web pages away and you have no idea what you're supposed to be doing because you can't remember where you started. Mm-hmm. That happens to me every weekend. All the time, man. And then how I lay awake in bed at night sometimes and my brain is just going and just spinning at a billion miles an hour. And. You know, and as Sarah found out yesterday around 2.20, that these things all sort of build up. after. And I'm not trying to make myself sound like a big drama queen. I apologize if that's how it sounds. But as Sarah discovered yesterday, oh, it's they, it all builds up for about 18 months. And then I just have like a three-minute shrieking, screaming breakdown yesterday mm-hmm. at whoever's in my vicinity, Dennis Um and, and, you know, and then I feel better, but then it all kind of starts again. So she's got, running me through all these questions this morning, and then she says... Has anybody ever told you, wait, no, how did she put it? Because she wasn't diagnosing me, but she said, have you ever um, been spoken to about the possibility of what? What did she say? ADD? Yes, or ADHD, I guess, which is what they now call it. I think that's the new name for it. it? Uh, I do believe it's just when you're a spastic who can't concentrate on anything.
2: Attention deficit disorder. What? No. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think it's, it's. Where you
2: can't focus on one thing. An
1: ultra short, like the attention span of a gnat.
2: Many small children have it.
1: And a gnat. <laughs> yeah, but it's just when you have a can, can't focus or maintain focus on anything. Uh, When your attention span is very, very, very limited. Well, I I would say that would be the vast majority of the American public. That's my thing too. And you know, can I can I just say,
4: since sometimes thoughts come into your head and you can't get rid of them, and you want to go on, and they just won't leave your alone. And either do you do
1: this, Tim? Where either I keep hearing jingles from the 70s in my head, and I just can't get rid of them. (laughs) The jingle say, I want you to go out and kill, 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 kill. No, mine usually a weather followed by a donut, (laughs) and then a shotgun jingle. You shouldn't use these terms when you're talking to the shrink. I hear a donut and a shotgun jingle. <laughs> okay, we're going to send somebody over now.
3: <laughs> um, Honestly, I've just
2: had a, I have a lot of lines from Family Guy running through my head all the time. Are we all crazy? Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. Pretty well, much. and if I can just since this whole Luckily, segment, the door is closed, nobody comes in here till three. <laughs> they know to stay away now.
2: Yeah, there's a reason why we have the jobs that we do. We're all nuts. That's
1: the other thing is I told her today, and I, and I apologize. This whole opening is becoming my shrink session. We'll have to talk about the roast stuff later in the hour. But um, but I because uh, that played into part of it this morning. Speaking of stress, but um, I told her. I said. I she said. Well, how long have you been this way? And I said, or felt this way. And I said, Well, you know, forever. And she said, well, you know, you're just now, and I said, well, I kind of work in this field where it's not that it's hidden, but that it doesn't really stand out. I mean, let's be honest, you see on the radio or, you know, you're an entertainer of any kind. It, the sort of little those neuroses don't necessarily stand out the way they were That if you were like a, a lawyer. You know, like if you worked in an accounting office and you acted the way we do, that might get a little bit of attention and they might have somebody talk to you. But here, nobody really notices. Uh, you know, you're just one more nutty person in a whole building full of nutty people. Um, but she started asking me all these obviously ADD-tailored questions on the phone this morning. And I did have to admit that, I, that I'm... Part of it, I am almost. In, no matter how true that may or may not be, I am really reluctant. I almost don't want to ever say that I have ADHD if I do or whatever, because that, that just seems like a thing everybody has. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that just seems like every bastard kid that doesn't want to go to school says they had a. What's what your mom have ADHD? And really, it's just like you're a little sob. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like everybody, you know, has. What do you I have? Chronic exhaustion. Well, who doesn't? You know, get bent. So. Either saying you have exhaustion or ADD or that, you know, well, I have a little bit of manic depression. I just, It seems like a thing that everybody says they have. And so I don't want to be one more guy going, well, I have a little ADHD. Aren't you scared that
2: if you start taking medication for it or something that you won't be the sparkling person that well, you math. are now?
1: Yes. Yes, I yes I do. Yes, I am very afraid of that. Maybe we could expand the program for a couple well, they of better hours. Not, ha- like That does happen.
2: They better not, like, drug you all up and make you boring.
1: Well... I, I mean, look, I don't even get to go to I want to keep you crazy and entertaining. Come in with a smoking jacket and put it straight up and read books. <laughs> I don't even. Just sit and read out of the dictionary Wait, all day. Maybe I'm not
2: a good friend to you because I'm like, no, no, no. Don't mentally stabilize yourself.
1: I Well, you know, we want to keep you crazy. I, <laughs> Do you have enabling friends? Do you have a social group that perhaps does not assist you with your wellness? Um, well, look, I don't even get to see the shrink until June 2nd, so you can a five I know, weeks I she really crazy.
2: cared, she would have put you in earlier
1: Well, I guess maybe I didn't sound like Part I was about four. ready to go up to a clock tower or something So I guess I don't sound that crazy um, Anyway, I don't even know what the hell I'm talking Anyway, so that was, so that, yeah, I have my whole mental health assessment this morning I hope HR is listening And, um, uh, and then you guys walked in just as she was calling me back And thank God she found one, because, look, 8 a.m., Was the Because I'm like, she's like, can you come in at 1 in the afternoon? And I'm like, no. Like, do you not understand? I cannot come in between 10 and 3. If you
2: told her I'm on a radio show between 10 and 3?
1: Well, I just flat out told her, I'm like, I cannot be there between 10 and 3. You have to find another time. And she's like, well, how about 8 a.m. on June 2nd? And I'm like, well, all right, I guess if that's what it is. So at 8 a.m. on June 2nd, uh, I will go for my head shrinking and maybe they'll, you know, whatever. I don't even know what they'll do. I mean, I have no, I have no idea. I have no idea what that will be, but... uh, Yes, yesterday ended badly. So, uh, and yesterday ended badly, not just for me, but for everybody. Can we talk for a moment about what a crazy day? Let's just start from from scratch. A, yesterday's show was a little weird. Um, not bad, just the Austrian thing was strange, and we had a power outage here at two. Power went out on the whole building. Lights stayed on in the studio, but the bathrooms were pitch black. Um, I listen back uh, to the podcast. We sounded very calm about it. Oh, no. We, we dealt with it very well. I think so. But the building was thrown into chaos. The air conditioning quit working. Oh, and it's, man, it was hot in and there. And which it wouldn't be a problem, except we're filled, this is a place filled with electronic equipment. And so the building started to get very hot. Again, all the bathrooms were pitch dark, which you sort of don't think is a big deal until you have to, you know, use the bathroom. And then it just becomes like a, a minefield. Um, I had my whole, like, screaming thing at, at 220 where I went all Don Geronimo on everybody. Um... A, I got off the air. My very favorite coffee cup in the whole wide world, to which I'm very attached, like an ADD person would be. I walked into the hallway. I dropped it, shattered it into a thousand pieces. Went to pick it up and cut the f out of my hand. Oh, wasn't that the second most favorite cup? I had or two. Or other one a few I had the same cup. I had two of the same cup. Lara bought me, and they were. It kind of bums me out. They were. She was. She bought them for me for as a present for when we got this gig. Uh, anyway, so I broke them. I broke one last year and one yesterday. Cut the hell out of my hand. Uh, my wife came by the show yesterday because her the truck broke in the middle of traffic yesterday cost us four hundred dollars uh, oh, to get the truck man. fixed yesterday, so that was a lot of fun. I got up that went upstairs um Kristen Bowie broke her foot in three pra- places yesterday, which is why she wasn't in the day. So I got to call, Mrs. Kristen Bowie. I'm going into surgery in 10 minutes because I broke my foot in three places, so I probably won't be in for Dennis Miller tomorrow. Man. Um, that so, girl's
2: had some crazy times lately. That happened.
1: Tim had to start sending in reports from the mobile news desk because there was like five shootings and a and a whatever yesterday.
4: Fireworks exploding in people's faces, shootings. Um, it was insane. Oh, and world.
1: then, uh, you know, Sarah went home and was dealing with the stress about the upcoming roast and the listener party. <sighs> so it's... I
2: spent an all... Afternoon yesterday, up until I went out at like seven or seven thirty.
1: Um, the second I got off the show, I just went home and I wrote. It was, I mean, it was, it was bad. It was so bad. And I was in such a clearly foul mood yesterday that people kept coming. I felt bad. People kept coming by the office and my office. They kept saying, "Are you okay? Is there anything we can do? Would you? I mean, no. would you like some coffee?" And I just, I've. And then this morning, there was a procession of people coming by my office door saying. Hope today's going better, hope everything's but so clearly, like my crazy was visible to everybody yesterday, so
4: and we don't care in this
1: room no, no we really don't. no, and I appreciate that Tim, you know what it is? I appreciate the fact that you that you guys that we come in and we do the show and I, I, that you are, uh, that you, how do I put it? That um, well, the, the, that it's We're just very you have an open mind and you have a very laissez-faire attitude. You know what? Maybe I'll be crazy. Maybe I won't. To you guys, it's all the same. Sure. And I do appreciate that. It's really, it's really refreshing. Mm-hmm. Not like my stupid shrink. Uh, all right, let's see. Um, well, now I've got nothing but ADHD calls. So. Uh, but I don't think we have time, do we? We have to talk to Lisa. Uh, well, I guess we have a few. We're not you're getting until to until 11.40. 40. Yeah. Um, well, should we just take these calls randomly? Sure. And I, yeah. and I know that, Sarah, I know you and I have to talk about the roast, and so I apologize. We have no time oh, here for okay. that. We'll, we'll do, do it later. after Lisa. Um, well, let's see here. Let's just do a couple of uh, these calls. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How you doing, brother? What's up? Hey, um...
5: I know that uh you know sometimes when you have these things that sometimes it's better to learn about them and understand them you know I kind of find that with depression anyway and Tom Hartman he's like the political more boring version of you alter ego if you will yes has has written many books on the subject and uh I don't know might might be helpful until you get to your uh appointment whatever that may be
1: cuz there's I mean, really, if nothing else, is perhaps a sleep aid, something by Tom Hartman might come in handy. <laughs> I'm just saying if my Trazodone runs out, you can crack open a Tom Hartman book, and you'll be in the land of nigh before you know it.
5: But you may learn something.
1: Yeah, but if you're not careful, you just might learn something before it's done.
5: You may step in some knowledge, my friend. All
1: right. Thank you, sir. Later. Stepping in knowledge. That was the worst Bill Cosby impression I've ever done. Hi, ah, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hi, Rick. Hello. Hey. How are you? What's up?
6: Uh, you know, I was gonna say that they dispense
7: that crap like has candies anyway. I mean, every kid in the world. Just like you said, I
5: don't understand. If I were you, I'd, I'd make sure and buy my lottery ticket for tonight, man. If anybody's gonna win. You are.
1: I don't know what. Oh, because, of my, because of my day it's yesterday.
5: A, it's done. It's done. It's over, my friend. It's all can, it can only get better it really, here.
1: really, yesterday was so bad. Can I just tell you this? Uh, that I, uh, my wife was taking me to pick up the truck yesterday because she had this split with the car and then I picked up the truck, for which we had to pay hundreds of dollars. Um, and so we're picking it up. I don't even remember doing yesterday's show. I'm not saying it's like a blank, like I blacked out. I'm saying it was all a blur. Like at about four o'clock. I told Dave Zinn, I'm like, I don't even remember what the show was today. It's all a blur to me. So, all right. Thank you, well, sir. Well, I can't
7: remember the last time I even
5: paid $400, last time I rigged really up. He broke down. I mean, 400 bucks is really nothing, right? Yeah,
1: no, I mean, it's it's just, you know, it's not like it's the, like a the break the bank or something. It was just like one more thing on the pile yesterday. That's I That's true. Right?
7: That's true. All right. Well, enjoy, and uh, good luck with the lottery tonight, man.
1: Thank you, sir. Yeah, I mean, it was just really the fact that the, the truck quit working uh, in the middle of traffic. Driving along, mm. she pulled up to a stop sign, and then the car just goes dead, didn't start again. Uh, Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick, Mike Chase. Hello, Mike Chase. How are you, sir?
5: I'm fine. I'm on my way to school where I'm a psychology student, and I was listening to you talk about issues you're having there. Yes. And I just wanted to weigh in a little bit because uh, some of the stuff they teach you in school here, you know, it's useful, but it's, it's also, you know, instructive for a guy like you because. You know, you go into the system and you're going to be all medicated and they're going to tell you, you have ADD or ADHD. By the way, there's a difference between the two. One is with hyperactivity, one's without. But anyway, the point is they have all these categories that they put people into for insurance reasons and for diagnostic reasons, and it just makes it easier on the healthcare system and not so easy on you because so you might be misdiagnosed and just put into a sort of a holding pen, you know, like, oh, let's give them Ritalin, let's give them this. And it could be something entirely different, which, you know, like that other guy said about Hartman's book or whatever, you might want to look into other options, and before you start going into the system.
1: What are you know, my just, other just, options? Like to get a leeching or something? Like what? What no, other options would there be?
5: Well, there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, there's you know, I don't want to get all hippy-dippy. There's, there's there's meditation. <laughs> you know, meditation has like been supported by studies is a way to calm down your mind. Um, there, there's nutritional stuff. There's a book called Making a Good Brain Great, which talks about some of the stuff that could be in your brain that you know is tied directly to what you eat. So. It doesn't necessarily have to be a medicated response that you have to go with. See, which, you know, the, kind of a...
1: and let me just say that there's two warring impulses here. One is, uh, uh, you know, my uh, the one is my desire not to monkey with my brain by jamming chemicals into it. And the other hand is my inherent and intrinsic American laziness, uh, in which, in you know, and that's the thing where the 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 medication really appeals to me because it requires absolutely no work at all on my part.
5: Well, that's not true. Think about this. The reason that Ritalin works is because it's, it's actually a stimulant, which seems counterintuitive because why would they give somebody who's hyperactive or you know has attention deficit disorder, why would they give them a stimulant? And the reason that it works is because the part of your brain that actually regulates the stuff you're dealing with is depressed, and so the stimulant actually raises the arousal portion of that brain so that you can then regulate the rest of your brain, even though it's a stimulant. But I know you like to drink coffee, and there's lots of things that you do that may be impacted by a medical you know diagnosis that requires this regime of whatever they give you
1: oh i can already tell this is going to be a fun five weeks for me M- maybe you should know. be
4: prescribed decaf <laughs> that, <laughs> that could a, be the whole or maybe it just uh, a we a can idea, yeah. maybe you can secretly substitute your coffee that's
5: the first thing i would look at is like what what's stimulating you in your in your life already and you drink a lot of coffee right <laughs> so okay. might change in the, the, smart, opinion, in the opinion of
1: some dumb. yes well i don't trust that book learning though all, all right. right i uh all right, Mike Chase, I appreciate just, it, brother.
5: I'm just saying, stay out of the system. Don't, don't, don't uh, go down that road. Where you have to be medicated for the rest of your life. You don't want that.
1: All right, thank you, sir. All right, good luck. There they go, Michael Chase, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we really have to break here. Yes. We're way behind. Back after this, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503 733 2970. Yeah, if we can, uh, and then we'll uh, bring uh, Lisa on here in just one second. Let me see if I can.
6: Right here.
1: Richie, if you can join us in the studio, that'd be fantastic. That'd be ever so great. Oh. All right. Actually, I don't think he can, you know, he'll hear it in 40 seconds because he's in the kitchen. Oh, okay. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Hills, CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, Lisa Desjardins. Why, hello, and how are you?
8: Well, hello to you. How are you?
1: I'm fantastic. little crazy, mostly fantastic, though.
8: But what's the little crazy? What's going on there? Is it caffeine? Are
1: you going to tell Lisa about your intending... Well, then I'm going to have to uncork the whole story again.
8: Okay,
2: okay.
1: It's all good. Uh... I
2: can't I, sh- Rick's gonna go see a shrink because he thinks he's kind of losing it a little. Yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh. All what she said. All of those things are true. So uh, anyway, but it's good to know that my shrink actually uh, put off the meeting for uh, for five weeks. So I have another five weeks of looniness before I even start to head back towards normal shore again. So you
8: come up with some good material. Well, you know, and that's good because the. Uh... The shrink solution—that's that's the long-term solution. That's yeah. really not the quick fix.
1: No, no, and I uh, and Sarah and I talked about this before that we uh, well, you're not are you going? You're not going to a shrink anymore, are you? No,
2: I wish. I I don't know if our um, I, I miss Wendy. She was the greatest thing ever. Yeah.
1: Um, Sarah and I both had shrinks, who then we don't get to see anymore for various that, reasons.
2: Yeah, it was because I was not in a happy time in my life, and now things are better than they were then.
1: And then my shrink now just does these weird Doctor Phil's couple weekend retreats things. Like she doesn't do like one on one whatever anymore. So anyway, so she does this no. whole yeah she does this whole thing where couples get together and chant in a log cabin or something. So <laughs> she no longer is available to treat me. So anyway, long story short, hey, uh, you can hold on for just one second, Richie yes. Bristol. Hello. Hello. Um, hey, so that coffee pot that we have here in the studio. Uh Every morning, you come in and get the coffee pot, take it into the kitchen and make coffee in it. Uh Here's the thing. That coffee pot is broken. The handle on it is broken. Uh, The pump. I changed it. Really? Then there's more than one that's broken because because yeah,
2: they're both, cause like you push on it really hard and the coffee doesn't come out, it's almost at the bottom. As right.
1: they say in the FlowMax commercials, yeah, the coffee pot suffers from weak stream. So well, I thought I switched it out, and somebody might have switched it back out. Yeah, about. you might want. We might want to label that one somehow because the coffee company really got to take that away. It doesn't really work. Okay, just FYI. I mean, it's t- it's okay no, for that. No, no, that isn't a
2: scolding. No, 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 it's no. Just for, like...
1: for today it's okay, but the next Never. time, I'm just saying. <laughs>
2: just <kidding. laughs> I know you sound like. Oh, no. now I'm It's okay,
1: dude. <laughs> I'm trying to. No,
2: since Richie. Is in charge of the situation. He does make the coffee. Like, no, it is. It's frustrating. I can't get any coffee out. We try to do it really fast.
1: And I'm just wanting to point it out because the coffee company will come and remedy the situation. But because you will probably deal with that before I do, uh, I just wanted to. I, this is going badly. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Richie. I'll take care of it right now. Wow. Oh, you don't need to no, no, no. There. See, but then you no don't right. have to. It's broken. No, no, no. It's <sighs> fine. Okay, take it away. Take it away. Get it out of my sight now. Don't look me in the eye. There you go. Assertive.
8: Right.
1: Hi, Lisa. Hi, hi, Lisa. How are you doing?
8: Hi, guys. I think
1: Richie likes it when I take control.
8: <laughs> I think so, too. Okay.
1: How's your day going?
8: You know, actually, swimmingly. It was a very <laughs> long day yesterday, uh, but today, today, I think just because I'm sort of numb from uh, some long days, that uh, it, it's nice.
1: All right. Let me just uh, plead stupidity here. I don't know what ethanol is.
8: Right, right. Ethanol is essentially and you can tell from the ending of the word that it's it's kind of a form of alcohol that it, that can be used as a fuel depending on how it's processed and it, it's basically a way of turning agricultural products into a fuel um, of course you know. Ethanol. There are some forms of ethanol that people uh, used to drink, but but it wasn't called ethanol back then. And do you guys remember gasohol?
1: I do actually. I remember seeing a on CBS News. I remember seeing an in the news on Saturday morning, and the in the news segment was about gasohol.
8: Gasohol. Exactly. That was sort of that was an early forerunner. Of ethanol that we have now, and the ethanol now obviously works better with our engines, and you know no engine works completely on ethanol, but they've incorporated it in gas. Yeah, 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 yeah. The idea is we want to get a fuel that we can uh, use that's renewable that we grow from our crops. But the problem is right now America makes its ethanol from corn, and we're hitting a time where we're seeing food prices go up, and there's a very big debate in Washington. It's exploded actually just in the last two days. How responsible is corn ethanol for the increase in food prices? We're using more of our land for corn for ethanol instead of for food, and of course, you know, the corn that goes that's grown for food doesn't just go to us; it goes to cows and uh, a lot of agricultural stock. So that increases perhaps meat prices when the price of corn goes up, the price of meat goes up. So there's a lot of people wringing their hands right now, saying, "Wait a second, this corn ethanol thing is not necessarily the good deal that we thought there's it was."
1: There's just no good solution. This is like that Simpsons episode where <laughs> there's that like frog or something that overruns Springfield, and then they bring a bird in to 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 hunt the frog, and then the, fro- yes. the birds take
8: over. Yes. Um, yeah. But the one thing is, there there is the the new you know term here in Washington, the new buzzword. And it's actually not all that new, is cellulosic ethanol, but people are suddenly paying more attention to it. And cellulosic, just to, just because I know you like the four syllable words, so I know I use them too much, uh, is a term that refers to, uh, that was a reference to, of course, Dan and then. you yes. didn't laugh.
1: No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know
8: I'm, I'm. I know. It's, it's, it's one of those days. I hear you. I hear you. Five weeks. Five weeks till
1: the shrink comes back. No, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm sorry. I was actually, I was listening, and I have to confess, actually, I was a little uh, dividing up my attention a little bit just there when you, were t- when you made that joke because uh, somebody had sent in a question for you about oh. ethanol that I was reading via email. Uh but turned, you actually already answered it. They're hearing it on the delay.
3: Oh so, know.
8: So
1: right. you have actually already answered the question. So I apologize. Here, do, do me a favor. Tell the joke once more.
8: Uh, it's not worth it. Cellulosic, lots of syllables there. That's basically it. But then, so ah. Hey! So cellulosic ethanol is basically, it comes from um, just your wild grasses that grow. George Bush really likes to say that because he can say switch grasses as much as he wants. But it does. It comes from switch grasses. It comes from wood chips. Things that honestly can be found lying around on the ground at times. And the idea that cellulosic ethanol, there is not an efficient way to process it yet, but they believe that in a few years' time, maybe just two or three years down the road, there will be a way to get uh, ethanol fuel from, like I say, just these wild grasses that are growing uh, that don't take up farmland. So what's happening now is Congress is changing subsidy formulas, and for the first time in as long as many people can remember, actually decreasing the subsidy for corn ethanol, uh, which some people in Iowa don't quite like, and transferring it over to this other kind of cellulosic. So there is some hope for a new fuel, but in the meantime, there is a huge, almost uh, unpredictable fight where everyone is blaming each other. The corn farmers just had a news conference a couple, about an hour ago, uh, in which they said, hey, it's not us. Don't blame us for the food prices. Blame oil. So it's strange that big corn is going up against big oil right now in I, Washington.
1: I, I just like the image. The, word, the phrase big corn is really big funny. Corn. Doesn't big corn sound like it would be? Big corn sounds like it would be the mascot for some sort of southern restaurant. Yes,
8: um, or some or some... Uh, up some unfortunate college team that had to lose their Native American name yes. to the A2, and they've changed to big corn. So um, the Braves. The Braves now the big corn.
1: I don't mean to seem like I'm just swinging for the Gordian knot here but it, mm-hmm. doesn't it just I mean this all just seems so complicated and convoluted <laughs> and as you said the oil people are yelling at the corn people and the corn people are yelling at the oil people and right. there's the, 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 the ethanol and gasohol and blah blah blah. blah. And
8: I don't I, even know if you want to get into this but now we have Hillary Clinton and John McCain saying they want to cut the federal gas tax.
1: I did see (laughs) that. But I I guess my question is, I mean, I'm no scientist, clearly, and I'm not saying you're a scientist either, but doesn't it just seem, I find it impossible to believe uh, that, in two thousand and eight in let's just say in America, that there isn't some guy in a garage somewhere who can 't figure out something else to run stuff on <laughs> i mean it just seems and people will say that i 'm being simple minded about this, but it just seems it just seems insane um i mean when you think about the technological innovations we have when you th- look, let me put it this way it, you, you when you think about the fact that i up sitting in my office upstairs. I have a small device, it's smaller than a deck of cards, that can hold 25,000 audio recordings in perfect clarity and fidelity. The idea that I'm having to grind up corn stalks to run my car just seems stupid.
8: <laughs> right. Well, number one, this would make for a great listener contest. And number two, part of the problem is that, uh the way that we use energy now is so efficient compared to 100 years ago that it's ridiculous but at the same time our demand for energy is growing so much more quickly than the efficiency that we can find that that that's why we have this problem right now we we have much more efficient energy than ever before but our demand is so much greater than that so it's not just enough to find a new source of energy you have to find this Incredible, you know, sort of the Saint Elizabeth Shoe type source of energy uh, that, that is yet to be found. You know, I was listening to a public radio uh, broadcast yesterday about nuclear energy and I had never realized that, you know, back in Eisenhower's day, many people were predicting that we would have individual, uh, nuclear attacks that would go with us, that Absolutely. we would just have our own little nuclear generator that could go in our purse. Ghost,
1: Ghostbuster style. Ghostbuster
8: <laughs> style, exactly. <laughs> you know, so you, I, we're not there yet, and it, hopefully we'll get there soon, okay. but but we're not there yet, and that's why we have all the, the big corn conflict that we do. Wow,
1: well, the big corn conflict. That's with all Ks, by the way.
8: Thanks. <laughs> hey, exactly. All right, uh,
1: fantastic. Okay, I apologize. I feel bad for not laughing at your syllable joke no, earlier. You, I was trying to multitask. I, and
8: I called I called enough attention to it myself.
1: And the funny thing is, I was just complaining to the, to the mental health woman this morning uh that, that's a phrase you don't want to throw around a lot probably but i was just complaining to the head shrinker this morning that my attention was in too many different areas and now moments ago when you made that joke my attention was not you know i really should have just been focusing on the one thing there so it
8: was for the greater collective it's I, good i suppose all right
1: uh are you on tomorrow
8: i am i'm here the rest of the week
1: all right fantabulous okay. until then have a great day hey you too thank you lisa desjardins ladies and gentlemen excellent wonderful all right all right sarah how are you today
2: I'm fabulous, are you really? yeah, totally okay, why do you
1: um do I
2: not seem like I am uh,
1: no 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 I'm no, just... I feel
2: like a big burden's been lifted off my shoulders a big bird a bird. burden, okay, after you know we were having our brainstorming session this
1: morning, so we should say what this is about, and by the way, if you're on hold, hang tight, uh we'll get to your calls here before the break, and other people have very been very patient with us here, so uh we'll get to calls here in a second, Then Tim, but so we should talk about the roast. Uh, coming up Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m., uh, Rick Emerson Listener Party, E11, Emerson's 11, happening at the Crystal Ballroom. Uh, music from Nickel Arcade, Emerson Starship, lots of stuff happening. And among the roasters, we have Roastmaster Carl Click, uh, roasters to include, um, I guess I could just, i slipped up and said it already, but Court and Fat Boy, Uh Awesome. Uh, Aaron and Scott Dally, uh Storm Large, Byron Beck, Peter Carlin. And Sarah X Dillon, and I know that you've had a little agita. I've about had that. some
2: problems, and um, so here's my deal. I was gonna film a portion of it. I had this brilliant idea, which I still think is brilliant, but it won't really work. Uh, of doing an inter conducting an interview with somebody, and I, I wrote the whole script and everything. I was gonna film it, then ended up running it by a couple of people, and it turns out that it probably won't.
1: So well, like out. a pre-taped part of it, like yeah, it would, okay.
2: Like a pre-taped. Uh, I was gonna interview somebody who was going to be representing the Special Olympics.
1: <laughs> wow.
2: And not a mentally retarded person. But um, oh, oh, like work... an
1: actual, like, my name's Bob, and I'm the executive director. Yes, and I broke But this would down... not be a real person. No, this wouldn't
2: the... be a real person, because I actually did contact the Special Olympics several times, and they never wrote me back. Go figure. Yeah, can you believe that? That was a big shocker. I
1: think they're a little careful of their
3: image.
2: Yeah. Uh, so my friend Kyle was going to uh, play the special events coordinator for the Special Olympics. And I, had all, I like I, I worked on this for hours. I broke down all the money that you have not raised for them and Thanks. like what, they, what kind of programs it could have gone to and everything. But it turns out you can't really have somebody represent something like that. So it didn't really work out. And so Susan and I were talking, and Seamus came up with this genius idea about having the listeners write their mini-roasts
1: for you. He Okay, I saw this. He put something on... I saw it on your On the space last night. He wrote something. Let's see, I'm trying to find uh, Yeah, I don't... Let's see if I can... I have it... Uh, I saw there, he had a really, really great idea.
2: Yeah, okay. Instead of an audience member roaster, you guys should accept mini roasts from all the listeners via email. Make it a rule they have to say under like 100 words and then pick a handful to be read at various points throughout the night. So what I was thinking, Rick Emerson, is perhaps if the listeners want to submit their mini roasts, then instead of, you know, because mine just went to crap, I can't, plus I know you and I know you really well and I don't know what I can and can't say. It's just, I've been kind of weird about it anyway. Well, you've been stressing out about it. Well, yeah, and. And Kim
1: is not having to roast.
2: Yeah. And no. I know how to be really mean to you. Yes. I know that I could, like, make you cry,
1: which I wouldn't That's do. That's a terrible thing to say. <laughs> I can make you cry.
2: You totally could, because, see, you and I know each other super <laughs> well. And then I'm like...
1: Now I have to go back and rethink all the stuff I was writing about you. Thanks.
2: <laughs> no problem. Um
1: so Sorta you would thinking, then read the listener submissions?
2: Because the, the our listeners are a lot smarter than us. You know that. Totally. So um, if they want to write the mini roast, then perhaps I could be the person to read them sporadically throughout the night, and since my ill-fated Special Olympics video is not
1: I like work. that. No, no, no. I think that's good, and I think the listeners would be into that. I think people would be really into the idea of you reading their mini roasts, like people who... If listeners... also,
2: I'm sure I'll have some impromptu stuff to say. I mean, you can ad-lib. You yeah, 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 but...
1: That's and that thingy- way you don't have to worry about scripting it and writing it. Yeah, it's I don't I do well
2: with the, with the scripting. So it- what I was thinking, because that way I'll still be on stage, I'll still be involved in the roast, but I don't have to sit there and write some, you know, because everyone else who's involved in it is really excited about it. Right. And me, I'm just kind of like... And oh, it's, really- it's a
1: different skill, writing something... Uh, you know, is not the same thing as as speaking live or a, a, impromptu. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you, I mean, like, for example, we do those live commercial reads here. We'll talk about Viso or CD Game Exchange or mm-hmm. uh, Everybody's Garden Center or whatever. And, you know, those, but you've seen me where I get into the studio and I'm trying to work up a script and I suck. I'm terrible off the page. Oh, me too. Uh, so, this is a good way to do that. So, here's, okay, so here's what I will do I will have uh, Bridget from upstairs, our webmistress, I'll have her put together a, a page where people can go and submit. A mini roast, we'll say like a hundred words or less. They can submit it, and then as we get closer to the party, you can pick a selection of them, and then you can read those. You can present those at the listener party. That at the would roast.
2: be awesome. Excellent. Done and done. All right. Yeah. Because then. Because my whole thing was like my, my whole roast was like weighing on this so, and like Storm and I. That's what Storm and I talked about that night. And I'm just like, this is going to be genius. <laughs> I, I wrote like it's like a 10 page script and everything, and it's just not going to work.
1: All right. Well, so, no, that's a good. That's you know what it is. That solves like five problems at once, and it's good, and then people begin to it, and it's a way. And here's the other thing. If I can just now, I'm deviating a bit more, but we had sort of weighed this idea of having a guest roaster from the audience, mm-hmm. of having a listener come up and do four or five minutes, but the logistics of that were just beyond me. Like I kept trying to figure out how are we going to do it. Like have open mic auditions on the air and then they got to write the script and then we got to figure out when they're going to go in the evening and then what if they you know and uh, you know just ha- how do we know if, if you know if, if we're picking the right person out of all the people in the audience so it's going to be mm-hmm. very difficult this is an easier way to get a lot of people in the audience able to 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 sort of That's get it on, on the road. weight
2: isn't on one person's shoulders oh. and
1: and if it's um, just and if it's like hundred word mini roasts, you can we can do several as opposed to and one. And my God, person. I
2: already have like ten of them in my inbox. Like people just keep submitting stuff to me, like ideas for uh, for things. I have so many like crap well crafted ones already. Excellent.
1: All right, well let's do a few calls and we'll break. We'll come back with Tim Riley. Hello, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Rick, thirty eight years ago they put me on uh
9: the, the, the Ritalin and uh, I ended up with S D P D, which is severely diminished personality disorder which is I have no personality ever since then, and, and if they'd had that stuff like 100 years ago, there'd be no Tesla, no Einstein, no Michelangelo. You, sir, are an
1: artist. Don't go on the going Yeah, because that's exactly the company in which you want to lump me, Michelangelo <laughs> and Nikola Tesla. Yeah.
10: Oh, definitely. Yeah, and You're Jesus. You
1: know, you forgot Jesus.
10: That's
9: right, except I disagree with your pronouncement of uh, of David Bowie. It is indeed Bowie in Britain. They pronounce him
1: no, they don't. Bowie. So no, they don't. Yes, they do. Yes, no, they they do.
9: no, they don't. No, they don't. Tim?
1: Tim, you've been no. a, you've been to the continent. I don't, I don't think that's nope. true. Sorry, you're wrong. All
9: right, well, be that as it may, please stay off those drugs because we treasure your your whole persona, your soul, and
1: we don't want you to be changed. You None for one, welcome you. my craziness. Yes. All right. Thank you. Thank Take you. Care. Bye.
2: That's what Aaron sent me a message saying, you know, he got put on the pills and he just stopped writing because it felt like he squished his creative side.
1: Yeah, I know. Well, I know that if they had had, well, I won't say that they would have given it to me because they had it a long time ago. I was I was going to say that if I'd if I was growing up now, they would put me on, would have put me on Ritalin, but maybe not. You know, my mom, to her credit, because she worked in the healthcare field, my mom tried to never, ever, ever give us medication if she didn't have to. So she, I probably wouldn't still have been put on it. But, uh, but clearly, they, like, if I was growing up now, clearly teachers and would probably suggest it very strongly. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show.
3: Hey, hey,
7: Hey, uh, hey. Uh, first off, you guys rocked my day. Your whole crew. Long after you go off the air. Thank, Thank you, sir, you for all the laughter.
1: Thank you, my friend. Um,
7: second, I missed Ground Zero, and third, I might be too soon, but I have a name for the Austrian family.
1: Now, when you say a name, this is for the like the TV movie. Yes. Okay,
3: go ahead.
7: Okay, his daughter and her babies. He must have drove them crazy. He even cooked a baby the sell no. family. No,
1: no, too soon.
7: Okay. Thank you. Hey, you bet.
9: Bye.
1: Wow, I didn't see that coming. That that kind of took a turn about three lines in. <laughs> Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Please, yeah, no. Hi, about babies, please, please, let's not sing about cooking babies. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show.
7: Not a problem with that. I um, <laughs> just wanted to call and let you know that uh, my wife had called me this morning, and uh, I am 007. She is 001. Uh, I'm 001. She's 007 on our social socials. And we just got a fat check for fifteen hundred bucks. Excellent, you got it today.
1: So it's not so. a myth; they are arriving.
7: They are
2: arriving. Well, yours are fifteen hundred dollars?
1: Well, for the two of them.
7: Well, we had two and then two kids.
1: So. Two and then the babies. Yes, oh, and so. the then the babies.
7: So oh. best show ever, and I'm spreading the word daily.
1: Thank you, sir. All right, All right, All right I you got you
2: go. my, I got my check too. Really? Uh huh. Excellent. It was awesome. I was like,
1: <laughs> free money, sort of. I
2: have triple digits in my in my. Yeah. All not right. Triple. I mean. 100.
1: Tim Riley, you uh, have ye news for us. I do, uh, more than enough. Let's take a break. We'll come back. It's uh, 503-733-2970. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio program. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Coming up later on, we have a Mr. Skin, from Mr. Skin uh, We may get to. We had two worst songs ever this week. We had that Sophie B Hawkins one on Monday. We may get to the other one today. By the way, just as a, as a brief side note, so we had a client uh, come in. I think it was yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Uh, yesterday afternoon, a client stopped by, and somebody's uh, going to be doing a little advertising on the Rick Emerson program. And they came in and. I think...
2: Was it who you were talking about?
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Awesome. And, uh, okay, man, you know, we had a meeting in the conference room, and I stopped by, and Susan and I were getting ready to go in, and I think the phrase we wanted to use was dog and pony show, you know, like, let's go to do the dog and pony show for the whatever, you know, which is, you know, this is a figure of speech to go in and sort of present kind of what your ideas are, but I think, I, I think it was me that I said, so it's time to go to do the donkey show for the client. <laughs> which then was in our heads for the rest of the afternoon as we're sitting there in the meeting. Who is Su- this? You um, and who? Susan. And so, as I said, well, let's go do that donkey show for the client. <laughs> and then, so, we're sitting there. And at slack moments, Susan would look over <laughs> me and go, Donkey show. Which is, you know, which was great. So. I have no point. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry
4: of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Well, this talkie show is brought to you by Fox 12 Oregon. You know, these days, teenagers are attached to their cell phones, whether it's off campus or in the classroom. Tonight, the Fox 12 investigators uncover a new dangerous texting trend That could land them and their parents in court. It's only on Fox 12's 10 o'clock news. Make sure you're watching, won't you? Help me, my hair is on fire. A man wakes up (laughs) and his hair is ablaze. The family was able to escape their burning home without any functioning smoke detectors because their son woke up with his hair on fire. Uh, Jake Campbell said he was just freaked out when he realized... His hair was on fire. He tried to get the fire extinguisher, but it was too old. It didn't work. Can you imagine that? Meanwhile, his hair is going up in smoke. (laughs) The old fire extinguisher isn't working. I started yelling, fire! Fire in my hair! (laughs) And he got out. That's like fire in the hole, but not. As the flames burned, his mom and dad were sleeping in the other room. They were able to make it out safely with the two dogs as their son's hair burned. So let's back up. How did his hair catch on fire? Well, let's see. I'm looking at a follow-up story here, and if it's the same one... Okay, this is 8, not to embarrass them any further than they've already been embarrassed. <laughs> Let's give their eight, name.
1: 8504,
4: southeast <laughs> of Glenwood Street. It happened at 332 this morning. Uh-huh. And now they're saying a fire started by an unattended candle started this. They caused $65,000 damage to this uh, southeast home. So it's probably the whole thing.
1: Do you ever realize, do you ever do this, uh, suddenly realize that you had a candle burning somewhere in the house unattended for six hours? Yes. You never do that, you never lose track. Cause we, well, you know, Laura and I, you know, we have, you know, candles that we'll light sometimes just, you know, for whatever or like, for romance. Well, I was gonna say, or sometimes if the kitchen just smells for some reason, you know. We've all been there. No, I totally. You know I, have, I have
2: a smelly candle uh, in the kitchen.
1: We went when we went fishing a few weeks ago. We brought the fish home and we actually we cooked them. We cooked trout for dinner, and you know, I, I love seafood now and again, but goddamn, does it smell up the whole place! So the entire kitchen smelled like a trout. And so we had like five candles there, uh, and at one point, I think we just we had to go to the store or something, and so we let and for some insane reason we forgot to double check everything in the house. And We came back and there' just been open flame burning in the kitchen, completely unattended for about ninety minutes. So. So the kid wakes up and his hair is on fire. Yeah, and apparently it was an unattended candle in the bedroom. So. And there's no fire extinguisher, or the fire extinguisher didn't
4: work. Well, it was too old. And no smoke alarms. But I guess if your hair is on fire, that is a smoke alarm. <laughs> really? How much? More... That would be louder than a smoke <laughs> alarm if <laughs> my hair was on fire.
1: How much more notice do you need? I don't know. It seems like there's something burning here, but I can't quite tell where it is. Immediately pull back to his head being enveloped in flame. Um, has anybody here ever? had to use a fire extinguisher, like the kind that goes and sprays the smoke. I have not. Sarah?
2: Uh, no, I haven't.
1: Don't you kind of want to, though? I
2: did use one once, though. Really?
1: Uh, to wake somebody up in a sorority?
2: No, I was at a fraternity at a party. Okay, but I see.
1: I knew it was either at a fraternity. I knew it was something that ended in itty.
2: No, I'm sorry. I just got insulted, uh, uh, distracted. It just said my MySpace account's been canceled. I was just looking at that. It has it? I don't know. It says that I need to pick my MySpace name
4: and URL. That Are you and being phished? Uh, no. Well, let's stop and do that now. It should be taken care of
1: immediately. Sorry, Tim.
2: <laughs> no, that <laughs> freaks me out, though. But then it's like you have an <laughs> invalid ID. I'm well, like, now i got to check
1: mine. And now i got to go look at mine. Sorry, Tim. No. These uh, things oh, have to be tended to. It, it's true. It is the lifeline to
4: the outside world.
1: It really is. Uh, that is the case. All right. I'm opening my uh, my, my space uh, here. No, mine's fine. Yeah, mine's just... Well, well that's weird.
2: That is weird.
1: Okay, well... I'll let you look into that then. Okay. Alright. Uh, no, I've always wanted to do that though. Just to take a fire extinguisher and to do... that. <laughs> you know, the fire department ought to do that. The fire department ought to have, cause they do those, uh, you know, those uh, classrooms or, you know, whatever it is where they, like, show you how, you know, those fire, uh, those workshops for fire safety and fire prevention and whatever that they have for kids. As part of that, the draw ought to be that they'll, like, they'll let you blow off one of those, like, fire extinguisher things, which I think would be great. Because, you, know, uh, you know, we have the, we have the, we have the, uh, the one of those mounted on the wall somewhere. And then uh, my parents actually had one that was, like, the old school, like, pump with the water that spritzes out. which clearly does no good. You know, nothing put on anything with that where, like, you're having to pump the brass handle and it's, like, squirting the water all weekly. There's not a single thing that's going to be put out by that. So, all right. Well, in any event, if your hair catches on fire, try to let somebody know. (laughs) Scream. Run around the house. Try to bump into as many curtains as possible. Excellent. Here's Tim Riley.
4: So, this is a creepy story, too. It happened yesterday. West Lynn police couldn't save a woman shot to death by her estranged husband. So, this cop looks out the window of his office... And sees the shooting unfold, but it happened so fast, of course, it wasn't any time to stop it. Uh, apparently, uh, Newton Bill McMurtley chased down Gail McMurtley with his truck, then shot her and killed her in the parking lot of the West Lynn Police Department before shooting himself. Uh, apparently, he slammed in to her. She was driving a sport utility vehicle. It was an old gray Ford pickup. And then he ran out with a high-powered shotgun. Officers heard two shots. They rush out. It was too. Uh, it was too late to respond. Initially... Bill survived, and then died after that. Jesus. He he was living in Damascus. So the woman was trying to get away. She arrives at the police station. And, and, by the way, about a half an hour before this, apparently passersby by saw him ram into her. But nobody called 911. Nobody called. That didn't look suspicious at all to anybody. No, no. Uh, so at, by the time she got there, of course, she's trying to get away and go to the police department. She made it, but he banged into
1: her, got out, and in shot the parking her in lot. the parking lot.
11: Ugh. Jesus. <laughs>
1: So, I mean, what do you do when it happens so quickly? I then he, and then the cops killed him, or he killed himself? He killed himself. He killed himself. But yeah. he didn't die right away, but died after, so. Well, there's that to be thankful for, I suppose. So, because yeah. uh, that was, and it was all like in the same one hour period, right? Where just every, right. all of this insanity started. Happening. There was something in the air yesterday. There really was. Well, then there was
4: a shooting in your neighborhood, but that's not out of the ordinary. <laughs>
1: no, it's one of many.
4: Uh-huh. But, I mean, I I logged them, so
1: they do exist. (laughs) I don't know, Tim. I I, I, I try not to get too excited about it. Tim, I heard the screams next door, but I didn't figure it was any of my concern. Mm -hmm. Well, you're a good American. Yes, and a good Austrian. That's true. I guess I shouldn't say that I'm a good Austrian. That probably has multiple connotations. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Then
4: we have an attempted murderer. Uh, Apparently, this is a driver accused of intentionally running down two bicyclists last summer. Johnny Estweiler had already been charged with assault were allegedly using his car to hit Ben Ramsdell and Timothy Masty in the southeast. The 48-year-old motorist pled not guilty as trial set for June. The cyclist got hit after one of them uh, got upset with uh, Estweiler, were nearly striking them. And uh, I think these guys were like in a race of, of some sort, one of those bikeathons, And he ran into the back of them. A 362-pound Oregonian. Became ill while hiking the Appalachian Mountain Trail and had to <laughs> no yes
1: <and laughs> it had to be rescued. I feel exhausted for some reason. Uh, apparently it was a it was a <laughs> two or three day hike. It's just became, so hot he became sick.
4: <laughs> they found him in the shelter. it uh, smells like cheese? A rescue from Tennessee North Carolina were able to bring him out. Oh, that must have been a fun job. Using an all-terrain vehicle. <laughs> they also had a mule standing by. <laughs> In case they had to drag him out. We're gonna mule you out of the forest, sir. I'm sorry. Uh the three hundred and sixty two pounds Oregonian said he was just tired One <laughs> no, goes to the no, hospital. Oh, no,
1: really? Uh, that's, that's I I'm staggered.
4: <laughs> so they took him to Hot Springs, North Carolina.
1: For a little time <laughs> okay. Whatever. If you're three hundred and sixty look, I don't mean to pass judgment. That but going into the kitchen would be a hike. Never mind <laughs> the, I don't not for him. Sounds like that's probably the place he hikes to most frequently. Mm-hmm. I but you're right. I mean, it like maybe try going down the block and back, mm-hmm. you know, a couple times a week maybe. It seems like going from doing nothing, having what one might call a sedentary lifestyle to hiking the Appalachian Trail, which is like 50,000 miles long. I mean, that's a it, big-ass
4: stretch. It stretches from Maine, goes all the way to Georgia. You can go all the way and never see another person.
1: I mean, and, you know, here's the thing about hiking the Appalachian Trail. I will say this. If he had made it all the way, it would be one of those stories that we celebrated, his, like, you know, his, his triumph and the triumph of the human spirit and the triumph over adversity and his independence and so forth. But... Really, it it does seem a little ill-advised. There's a great book called A Walk in the Woods by Bill Bryson, uh, which is all about hiking the Appalachian Trail. And that that guy was in pretty decent shape. And it'll like it'll sap your will to live. It seems like if you're just a big egg of a man, you might want to you want to scale it down ever so slightly. So maybe not do the Appalachian Trail. (laughs) No, no. And there are other flat surfaces (laughs) that you can try. You can try the try the Himalayas. Try try Everest. Uh, let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show, Sir Madam is the case, maybe.
0: Hey Rick, it's Andy.
1: Andy ah, Andy the homeschooler kid. Yeah. Hello, sir. How are you? How's how's life? Do, when you're a homeschool kid, is it like a Monday through Friday thing or is that like an all all year round thing?
0: It's a Monday through Friday, but no summer vacation. The upside is I get to choose my days off.
1: Wait, so it's Monday through Friday, but it's so it's like a year round?
0: Yes, with exceptions, birthday, Christmas, et cetera.
1: All right, excellent. but uh, so now, but and schools in Portland aren't year round, are they, Tim? It's like a year. It's a. It's a. You, know, you get <laughs> yeah, off summer you, right? off. They
0: They get off in June and start up again in September. So wait, if you so if you are going to
1: school, I mean, being homeschooled five days a week, but it's year round. Do you finish like a year earlier than everybody else?
0: No, because I'm not doing as much per day in some cases.
1: Ah, fair enough. All right.
0: And I also from. Taking days off, I get about the same amount of time off. It's just I get to choose which days.
1: I'm going to give you a little uh, – here's a little suggestion for me to use, a little Rick Emerson idea to you and your fellow homeschoolees. Uh, there ought to be a mascot uh, for homeschool kids. There yeah. really should be. Because, you know, what? there's like uh, whatever. There's the, the Orange Men of Syracuse, and there's the, uh, the what's-its of whatnot, and there's the uh... – I'm such a bad Portlander. I don't even know because I don't have any kids. Who are... Give me a mascot for uh... – Give me a mascot for one of the Portland high schools. Anybody? I don't know. Tim? I don't know. Richie? God damn, I'm trying so hard to be relatable and it's just not working. But you know what I mean? There's like, whatever, who are you? Well, we're the, we're the fighting ducks or whatever. There ought to be a mascot uh, for homeschool kids. Richie is suggesting the homies, but that's probably not no. something you want to call yourself. No. Um, he's suggesting the homeschooled Crimson Tide. Um, Well, in any event, we're going to come up with that. I think that all homeschool kids ought to band together and have one homeschool mascot. All right. Clearly, I'm the only one who cares about this idea. How can we help you today?
0: Um, Just so I'd share that my mom has now given me an assignment of, as a writing assignment, writing a mini roast.
1: Wait, so your mom has assigned, so wait, as part of your school assignment, your mom has assigned you to write a mini roast for the for the listener party, a listener party that you cannot actually even attend.
0: Yes, that's correct.
1: So,
2: but that doesn't mean I couldn't still read your roast. Well, That'd that's, be awesome.
1: that is true. So <laughs> we were talking about this about half an hour ago. Uh, that, uh, that we're kind of killing a couple birds with one stone. So, um, and I think Bridget is going to have that up. I'll have to see if it if it's when it's going to get posted. But then we're going to put a, a form on the website at nine seventy am where you can submit a mini roast, hundred words or less. And then we'll pick sort of the best, you know, however many of them. And then Sarah will present those at Listener Party Eleven, happening Thursday, May fifteenth. So your mom—now, what did your mom give you a reason why she did this? Probably
0: a because it would be amusing, and b because it would exercise my writing muscles.
1: Excellent. Now, are you? Would you now? Is writing a skill? To, is that something at which you excel?
0: Um, it depends. If I'm not taking a test, then yeah, I'm pretty good. If I'm about to take a test, then it seems like all of my language arts knowledge just falls out of my head.
1: All right. Well, this will give you, you know this will give you a few things. This will give you uh, you know a sort of crash course in sentence structure, the use of language, perhaps simile or alliterative metaphors of some kind. So uh, I think this will be a learning experience for all of us, Andy. Yes. All right. Well, we look forward to reading it.
0: All right. I look forward to writing it. All right. Thank you.
4: There you go.
1: That's Sandy, the Homeschool Kid. All right. Here's Tim Riley.
4: So in approximately 11:54, just a moment ago, a pilot reported a funnel cloud 10 miles west of Salem in Marion County, and it quickly dissipated. The air mass is unstable, and it is not uncommon for these types of funnels to form in this weather pattern. And It is much less likely for one to touch down on the ground. If the uh,
1: if they do, however, they could cause damage. Well, Wait, he doesn't know that. So is this a thing we need to be freaking out about? No. All right. Okay. But it could happen again. Okay. So we sh- so we should be on edge, though.
4: Yeah, it says if they do touch down, they can cause damage. All right. Well, I,
1: I think everybody's aware of that. Yes. All right.
4: Just one more thing
1: to worry about. Yeah, let me look at
4: this one. Uh, Okay, same thing. So that was West of Salem. Okay. Well, I'm not going to worry about it. No, don't. There's either. nothing out there to describe. No, not at all. Uh, a Florida man said he discovered a skeleton inside of an overgrown tree.
1: This is a man where, Tim? In Florida. That was me.
2: No, that was both of us playing at the same time. Yeah, we ruled. That was weird.
1: Uh.
4: So, Glenn Parker said he saw the skeleton in the tree after trimmers cleared some of the foliage uh, from a phone line. The Broward County Sheriff's Office said the death is believed to have been a suicide and no suspicion of foul. Can you imagine killing yourself inside the tree? That's a new one.
1: How would you even do that? Well, he didn't hang himself from the tree.
4: No. Oh, so he just went up there with a bottle of sleeping pills or whatever. They're also working to determine whether the bones belong to a former roommate who disappeared about a year ago.
1: (laughs) Bob? Bob, where'd you go? Bob? All right. Uh let's see here. By the way, Wilson High School apparently are the Trojans. That's got to be I was, great and embarrassing. That was a Trojan. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, wouldn't you think at this point schools would know? Like, you would just, you know, when nobody was looking, you'd sort of switch it up. You know what I mean? And then punish them for laughing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Don't giggle. All right. Uh, that's. I mean, it, it, it really, it does it does seem like one of those things that is just there to keep kids from paying attention to whatever you're talking about in science class. Here's Tim Riley.
4: Estonian police were shocked after stopping a car in the city center to find the driver not only drunk, but also blind. Uh, This happened in the Estonian city of Tartu. Uh, Christian Gondal, who's 20, is completely blind. He was given directions by a pal in the passenger seat. The breath test revealed that he was two and a half times over the legal limit. He faces a $1,500 fine, also a jail sentence. (laughs) Uh, He said, despite the fact that I am blind, driving is something I enjoy. And, in (laughs) fact, I'm
1: very good at it. He probably enjoys it more, though. None of those pesky stop signs or red lights to worry about. That is true. Just floor it and just drive until you stop. Uh, This email says, Rick, I don't understand why the hell a probably diabetic fat man would go hiking instead of doing some power walking, or maybe just jiggling around on the max to lose some pounds first. I'm assuming this man refers to a... He's speculating about his food intake, but he says... I would have loved to see a picture of someone roping this obese man and dragging him out of the mountains by mule. I, too, would have paid for that. How satisfying would that be? Just a mule coming out of the forest pulling a 400-pound fat man. I'm tired. (laughs) Um, And then he finishes by saying, A great mascot for homeschool kids would be Billy the introverted bulldog, or perhaps Sven the socially, uh, socially awkward Viking, or how about Henry the hornet who can't talk to girls. I used to be homeschooled, and it took me years to undo the damage. All right. Well, there you go. Here's Tim Riley.
4: Uh, So Bruce Pitts had a feeling something was wrong when the newspapers began piling up on the roadside outside his southern Illinois home. Well, a neighbor's home, anyway. So on Sunday, the worry newspaper carrier cracked open an unlocked door and saw 84-year-old Blanche Roberts helplessly looking back at him, her right leg pinned beneath the dead body of her husband. He apparently was dead for days in the home just outside of Marion, Illinois. Uh, the good Lord was with her. She was not scared. She wasn't panicking. Nothing. She was conscious, talking, just peaceful. It was remarkable. The coroner said Fred Roberts likely collapsed in that of a heart attack Wednesday evening after mowing the lawn, based on accounts of people who were visiting the home that day. Uh, he was really a beat red in the face and he didn't look good. Well, he was dead. He was a good sized man. Oh, before that. Even though he, he declined to divulge uh, the man's proportions. There was no doubt that uh, Blanche Roberts. Uh, Once pinned on a landing leading to this kitchen, couldn't wiggle free. She was trapped in some kind of awkward position. She was sitting but wedged up against the wall. She's 84, very frail. She probably doesn't weigh 90 pounds soaking wet. Well, we don't even want to think about that. Um, The mailman began uh, worrying Sunday morning when he noticed newspapers dropped off for three previous days. Hadn't been retrieved. So he went inside. He rang the doorbell got no answer. Sarah side door and tried the doorbell, no response. So he eased open the door and saw the couple about two feet inside. I asked her about her husband just to see what her response was. She said, well, he's sleeping. He'll be up in a little while. But uh, she knew her name, knew her relatives, everything else I asked her. The woman insisted she was fine and seemed at peace. Her only request was a glass of water.
1: Well, all right, then. Oh, by the way, did you guys get this uh, guest interview uh, thing? One of those things we receive all the time from people wanting to book someone on our show. And it says, is Miley Cyrus a prostatot? I saw that. <laughs> I was hoping it was her. <laughs> yeah, right there. I don't, That's awesome. I don't think Miley Cyrus will be doing any unchaperoned interviews for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> prostatot. A prostatot The awesome. The prostatot sounds like some sort of snack you would have. Uh, Expert says kids are dressing too risque. Uh let's see. Pat Montgomery, grandmother of ten and author of Now You Know What I Know, Parenting Wisdom of a Grandmother, says girls like Miley Cyrus are being used to further sexualize children. Um some people call them prostitutes, says Montgomery. These little girls who are these people calling them now? <laughs> I don't know. The same people who say some people say let the terrorists win. Some people say freedom is bad, Tim. Um some people call them prostitutes. We should call her right now and demand to know who's saying that. I want names. I want to know specifically who's calling them prostatots. I want her to give me the names of three close friends that have used the word prostatot. I think she, we should get her on just for that. Um, she says, uh, those little girls you see on the mall who dress like tramps. She, 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 <laughs> listen to this. Imagine if you're a parent who needs help with this. She can help your listeners help their kids to put some clothes on. Really, if you need the help of Pat Montgomery over the phone to help you address your child, really, maybe you ought to be forcibly sterilized, huh? What do you think? You'll probably be on Larry King tonight Um, Let's see. Talking points. Who wants to hear the talking points? Oh, I do. Talking points. This is in case you're a moronic DJ who doesn't know what to say. Can we blame Miley Cyrus for further sexualizing young girls? Yes. Yes, sure. Why not? Um... Do you think molestation is the result of this re- these risque outfits? Yes. Yeah. Sure. One. Who asks that? How can I get my listeners to get their how can my listeners get their little girls to dress like little girls? You know that sounds dirty even though it's not. Um, I haven't heard any complaint from any of our listeners about the little girls. No. Um let's see. What if I didn't help my daughter select clothes when they were young? Is it too late now that she's a teen? God damn, I'm glad I don't have kids. Uh let's see. How did this work for you, Pat Montgomery? Did your kids turn out to be surgeons or inmates? And then, this would be the worst part of the interview. You can tell Pat Montgomery clearly believes herself to be an expert in everything. This is the final talking point for the the interview. Forget the clothes, Pat. What else really burns you up about parents and kids today?
2: I want to just hear a woman relentlessly bitching.
1: (laughs) Seriously. Can I hear a shrill harpy come on the Uh, program and just scream endlessly about things? So, all right. Well, Jesus. She is the grandmother of 10, though. All right, hmm? here's 10. Hmm. All right, here's uh, her website is parentsrulewithpat.com. I bet she's angling for some sort of a radio program. I'll guarantee you that's what this is about. A weekend
4: show? It's been yes. a while since you have any requests ready.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, it's maybe about... Maybe you have. You haven't mentioned it. It's about time for a crazy lady to come by and start dropping off air oh, checks. Oh,
4: boy, Isn't I miss her. <laughs> miss who, Sarah? <laughs> I don't know who. Here's Tim Riley. Oh, there was another shooting I almost forgot about last night. 10.30 in Northeast. The officers found an adult female who had sustained a non-life-threatening gunshot wound after responding to a shots fired call at the intersection of Northeast Garfield and Northeast Failing. The victim appeared to be in her late 20s, maybe early 30s. Too upset to talk about it, she was taken to a manual. And uh, the incident does not appear to be gang-related. Just a plain old-fashioned shooting. Residents of the Greek Isle of Lesbos have launched a legal action to demand the exclusive rights to call themselves lesbians. The inhabitants of the island are attempting to ban the Greek uh, Gay and Lesbian Union from bearing the name Lesbian. Residents of Lesbos now suffer psychological <laughs> and moral rape from the seizure of their island's Psychological
1: game. and moral rape. Let's overstate a little, shall we? Uh,
4: he set out his argument in The, Mo- the Misfortune of Being Lesbian, published in a website... This is so awkward. Mm-hmm. <sighs> this affair is totally ridiculous in one. If we are summoned by the courts, we will be heard. I'm still back on social and moral rape. Now, Lesbos are synonymous with the love verses of the poet Sappho, who expressed your love for other women in poetry written in the early 6th century B.C.
1: Too much information. Huh? No, I'm, no, I'm fine. I'm just waiting. Just, just, well, that like... was the end of the story. Really? Yeah. Seems like there's a lot we could be making out of this. Social <laughs> and moral rape. What is that? Well, because it they was some they sort they of a psychic gang raping. Um, maybe Mike Chase is still out there and he could help us. Wait, here's the thing about the Isle of. What is the Isle called? Lesbos. Lesbos. Mm-hmm. The Isle of Lesbos. <laughs> Paging Andrew Blank. Um, the uh, doesn't it can't you see the guys at Vivid Video chartering a boat right now to go film some porn there? Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Isle of Lesbos, and it's like Ricardo Monobomb, but like wearing a big you know like harness of some kind. Um, and then. Here's the other thing about that. Here's why they should get bent. Uh, because, th- first of all, the people who from the Isle of Lesbos are not called lesbians. They are called lesbosians. How do I know this? Because, I swear to you, it is a trivial pursuit question. There is a trivial pursuit question that says, what are citizens of the Isle of Lesbos called? And the answer, and trivial pursuit is rarely wrong, except in the case of science fiction questions. Uh, and the answer was they were called lesbosians. So... Alright. I believe that. There you go. Fantastic. Uh let's see, we've got more suggestions for homeschool mascots. How about this? The homeschool the homeschool never <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel bad for bringing this up. The homeschool beige librarians. The homeschool socio dysfunctionals. Alright, well in any of that. Um let's see, what are we uh Let me read to you now some of the calls that are on hold. Okay. Something about cancer. Line two says about two girls in a can. Well, that's too good not to take. Two girls in a can. Explain, please.
0: Uh, yeah, Rick.
1: Yes. Hello, sir.
0: Yeah, I was there. I was listening to you a couple of weeks ago, and you you guys were watching something on YouTube or something about some some. It really grossed Sarah out. It's like two girls in a can, or on a can, or a can and two girls, or something like that.
1: Yes, it was. It was two girls in a can.
0: Two girls in a can. Yes. And was it on
1: YouTube or? Maybe. Um, probably not. I think the video that we were referring to has been taken down uh, by now. Sadly, I think the web page uh, has gone away.
3: Oh. All right.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I'm sorry to let you down. I feel like we've like we've made your day a little darker here by not having the two girls in a can video. Um, is there anything else? Anything else we could do for you?
0: <laughs> no, no. But thanks a lot. You're sure? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What if I sang a song for the musical Oklahoma?
0: Um, Only if Sarah comes in on on some of the high notes.
1: (laughs) Sarah, do you know I'm just a girl who can't say no? I don't. Oh, never mind. All right, never mind.
2: Bye now. All right. 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 Thanks.
1: Okay, there you go. Wow, let's take a break. This seems like a natural stopping point. Back after this, Tim Riley returns with more news later on. Uh, Mr. Skin, more more about Listener Party 11 coming up and uh, so forth. Stay there. Plus... Well, I don't want to give it away. More on the way. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. the thing about the song. I almost want to see Fall Out Boy in concert at some point just so I can hear the song live because it's What just, song is this? I don't even know. I don't even know how this got in the system. Can I tell you that? I didn't put this song in. Did you? Now maybe a
2: song couples messing with you. I mean, Remember, because he, he put in random things every once in a while. I
1: suppose, but why would he put in a Fall Out Boy song? Especially because I would have no idea that it was them. I know they put in the Leak song at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they put in that weird, the crazy frog dancing banana fun time happy peanut butter thing. Um, yeah, I, none of us, I don't. I have no idea how this song got put into the bumper music rotation. Well, in any event. Uh, why, hello, it's a Rick Emerson radio program. Coming up later on, Mr. Skin, and uh, more about things and stuff and whatnot and happenings. Here's Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. So the
4: OSP says Highway 22 is closed at Old Hog Rock and the Santiam Pass. Not, an, do, old rock, Not it, an old hog
1: rock, Tim. Not an old hog rock.
4: Due to snow and ice. No. Uh, Semi spun is blocking both directions. <laughs> there are minor accidents of cars sliding down the ice. Come on back to Teddy Bear. Stop. Snowing pretty hard up at Hog Rock. It's in the low 30s, and drivers are not prepared for the weather and all the sticky roads this time
1: of the year. Sounds like somebody wants to take a one-way trip to Hog Rock. <laughs> Hog Rock sounds like um, that would be a festival, like some sort of a music festival put on by some hick Midwest uh, AOR like station. The,
4: the Hog Rock Cafe? Totally. I Like, you know,
1: who are you? We're the, we're, t- we're the Power Pig. We're WPIG, playing the best rock. The
4: Hog Rock. Hog
1: Rock. All right.
4: Come to the Hog Rock Cafe.
1: All right. Oh.
3: <laughs>
1: if you'd like, I can always, you know. Well, my, my computer is
4: extremely
1: slow today. Oh, okay. All right. And
4: that's why I'm behind. It, I
1: it, can fill time.
4: You, on the mark. That sounds terrific. Okay. Well, it's still not what I'm looking for.
2: Oh, I have something I can play.
1: You know, can I just tell you, for some reason, when that French horn or whatever it is comes in, that's Uh the funniest part of that to me. Oh, we have something that our good friend Helen dropped off, don't we? Tim Riley, name this tune. Name this
3: tune.
1: Oh, song sung blue. See? But by... Neil Diamond. That keyboard should be the giveaway. I'll give you a hint. Hot butter? Yeah. Seriously? It's a whole album of look, songs by Hot Butter. Look at that! It's the whole. Helen dropped that off. It's the whole album.
2: I'm taking requests. Wow. Well, Do you want to know. look at this? At this thing? If you want to.
1: I sent a new live read bit. Say, kids, come on by the Cracker Barrel today.
2: Tim, you should not have told me about the macaroni salad.
1: Did you get quite a bit of it?
2: I've got an entire cup full. Hmm.
1: Do you realize this bed playing underneath makes us... (laughs) Tuck floor. This is like some soundtrack that's making us into Hicks. What are we doing? Oh, we're just getting things ready here as we try
4: to move along. Okay. All right, so let's get back to the news, shall we? Uh... (laughs) Well, you may have heard the TV ad that has the Republicans flipping out. It's an ad showing John McCain saying he's okay with us staying in Iraq for another 100 years. Uh, Anyway, the Republican National Committee is demanding, simply demanding, the TV stations not air the ad because they say it's not true. Well, of course it's true. So uh, here's the ad. and As a matter of fact, uh, it's running on Fox. It got their seal of approval.
10: President Bush has talked about our staying in Iraq for 50 years. Maybe
1: 100 That'd be fine with me. This is exorcist music in the background. <laughs> that sounds like a little 9-11 imagery. we talked about
10: mm-hmm. our saying in Iraq for 50 years. Maybe 100.
6: If all he offers is more of the same. Is John McCain the right choice for America's future? The Democratic National Committee is responsible for the content of this episode. I'm going to cut you up
1: with a bone saw while you sleep. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty spooky. <laughs> Sometimes while you slumber, I come and I put my hands in your mouth.
3: <laughs>
4: oh, that's totally. How what do you I, even I, think when, those things when when your, you say when, them? When's that appointment again?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not so, soon enough, Tim.
2: Who so even
6: thinks
1: to say, "I put my hands in your mouth"? <laughs> That's just gross. Well, did you hear that guy's voice? That's exactly the kind of thing that guy would say. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Exactly. That's exactly uh, what he would say. <laughs> well, I mean. And did I, what was the car alarm? Was that 9-11 imagery? Uh, that was uh, Iraq. Bombings and They have and cars. car alarms in Iraq for what possible purpose? I don't know. The Democrats, think they <laughs> don't do. they're know if not hit the commercial. I, I know the country's. Well, don't touch my I'm Volvo, sure though. the
4: police will arrive in due time to, the, uh, <laughs> to, the, to, the, to that. the vehicle. As long
1: as they don't take my Acura. Jesus. Well, all right. It's good to know that they have you know, they have Viper car alarms. They have no actual democracy to speak of. Or... No. All right. Well, whatever. Well, they need because of all that 40-cent oil. Uh, so I guess they need cars. Oh, that is true. All right. So uh, John
4: McCain is calling for more competition in the health insurance industry, saying it will push down prices. Oh, you think so? Uh-huh. There are already h- hundreds of uh, health insurance companies out there. He made the remarks in Florida where that state's governor, Charlie Crist, And endorse some of ideas. The way I view
5: it is you give the opportunity for the individual consumer to be empowered to make that choice instead of some bureaucrat in Washington making the choice for you about what your health insurance coverage is going to be and
4: who it's going to be provided by.
1: That's because it works so well right now. I don't want to be empowered. I just want it to cost less.
4: Uh, so, Governor Crist uh, supports John McCain's plan for a $5,000 tax credit for families buying health insurance. That gives them that money, essentially,
5: to utilize, to be a smart consumer, to invest in their families, to invest in their health care, and make the choice as it relates to health insurance coverage. It's the right thing to do for America. No, there are
4: plenty of choices we just can't afford.
1: I, I mean, it's a store full of things I can't buy. And it That's doesn't mean
4: everybody is covered. No, and what is it in five? What, what world? Oh, who is that guy? Charlie Christ. Who is the governor of Florida? As a matter of fact... Do you spell Chris Christ?
1: No, it's it's Christ without the H. Charlie Christ. They say c- that he may be an ideal vice presidential candidate. I want to call his office and ask if he is high. I don't mean figuratively speaking. I want to ask if he is taking drugs, if he is ingesting some sort of hallucinogen.
3: The,
4: well, what? as a matter of fact, at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, in photos it says... Uh, he, uh, Chris has his arm around uh, an attractive brunette woman, and it is captured by saying, uh, Governor Chris and his wife. In several stories, Governor Chris and his wife are seen at this party. As a matter of fact, he hasn't been married since 1980, so the and woman... he was only married for one year. <laughs> 1979, to... he hasn't been married since. Uh, he... Yet he's seen everywhere with his beautiful
1: wife <laughs> at all these parties. I love the idea that he's a Republican, so somehow it's just assumed that it must be his wife. Mm-hmm. Must be because they only have relations that are the uh, bounds of matrimony, Tim.
4: So, uh, yeah, he hasn't been married since 1980, but he's seen everywhere with this attractive wife. Uh
1: huh. Um, okay, I want to call his office and ask if he's been injecting acid or something. Because the idea, first of all, and I know I'm speaking to the choir here, but this insane idea he has of they're going to empower people, which is code for we're not going to help at all. That's what empowered means. When they say we're going to empower you, that and the means the pipe dream that competition <laughs> will solve this. There's plenty of competition out there. That's how it always works. That's competition always drives the prices of everything down. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the I was just, as and the way that you know that's true is because the healthcare system now is so unbelievably affordable. Mm-hmm. This idea
3: that and they're they going to they accept
1: everyone and that they're going to solve the problem by giving families a five a whole $5,000. I mean really, you got yourself an aspirin and a one night stay in most hospitals, you're going to eat up that $5,000. Mm-hmm. That guy is either he either has some maybe it, I mean maybe he's not high maybe it's some sort of genetic thing maybe he has a spongy hole-filled brain so there's something really really wrong with that guy's thinking God damn all right here's Tim Riley
4: but they could win the, this Democratic uh, spotting keeps going and apparently Obama's favorable rating has dropped uh, in November it was 10 percentage points higher than Hillary not so much anymore so they think it's this uh, this crazy preacher out there. Uh, In the meantime,
1: we keep getting these notes from Obama's people like every ten minutes. Um, You know, me too, and so does Susan, actually. She gets them like every three minutes.
4: Well, today, the Obama campaign announces it has registered 31,770,000 Oregonians to vote in the 30 days leading up to yesterday's voter registration deadline. So I guess they're going to vote for Obama. All right. It uh, it's too soon to say how Al Franken's campaign for the U.S. Senate will be affected by his admission of a seventy thousand dollar tax (laughs) mistake. The Democratic (laughs) hopeful says uh, he's uh, taking care of the problem.
10: Now we're going to pay late fees and uh, interest, and this again is not because these states are asking us to do this. This is because it's the right thing to
1: do. It's so hard to believe he's been was that. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost hard to believe he failed on the radio. Well, I'm just gonna sit and talk really slowly and smugly, as though I'm smarter than everybody who's listening to me oh, and move. Oh. Yes. I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm no, I enjoy that voice. Oh, I'm done. That's I'm just I'm done doing the infantile sleepy voice of Al Franken, comedic extraordinaire. Let's do a snuff watch. All right, here's your snuff watch, speaking of drugs. Here's your snuff watch for Wednesday on the Rick Emerson Radio Programme.
4: of all, this isn't Abby Hoffman. This is Albert Hoffman. He is the father of the drug LSD, and he has died in Switzerland. The father of the mind-altering drug LSD, whose medical discovery inspired and arguably corrupted millions of the 1960s hippie generation has died. He was 102. He died at his home in Berg im gublet says a municipal clerk in the nearby village. Uh, For decades, LSD was banned in the late 1960s. That makes no sense at all. Who wrote this sentence?
1: Somebody who was on drugs, Tim.
4: For decades, after L- for decades LSD <laughs> was
1: banned in the late 1960s. Whatever. I think they mean that for decades, LSD was legal and then was banned in the late 60s. Because the thing is, it was a one of the first synthetic drugs, so there was no law against it because it was created by man when he corrupted God's law.
4: I produced the substance as a medicine. It's not my fault that people have used it, he once said. The Swiss chemist discovered this uh, stuff in 1938... While studying the medical uses of a fungus pound on wheat and other grain, he became the first human guinea pig for the drug when a tiny amount of the substance seeped into his finger during a laboratory experiment in April of 1943. I had to leave work for home because I suddenly felt a sudden feeling of unease and mild dizziness. Everything I saw was distorted in a warped mirror. He described his bicycle ride home. I had the impression that I was rooted to the spot, but my assistant told me we were actually going very fast. Upon reaching home, he began experimenting with what he called wonderful visions. Three days later, he experimented with a larger dose. The results were the world's first scientifically documented bad trip. It's all you LSD
1: people out there who still do this stuff, and I imagine some of you do. You'll know who he is. Uh, no, he is sort of big. And I mean, he's you know he had a big, huge cultural uh, impact. I mean, the guy, it, it's... LSD is one of those things that I'm not going to would not say it changed the world necessarily but clearly it's funny because I'm watching that Beatles documentary right now that 11 hour Beatles uh, thing that the BBC did and obviously the Beatles were uh, no stranger to uh, to drugs no. and I mean really there's a massive impact LSD had on the godforsaken flower child generation um but it's you know it's weird when you think about certain drugs that actually one day didn't exist and then the next day did exist you know another one was cocaine People think cocaine is a naturally occurring drug, and it's not. It was created in a laboratory in Germany, of course, where all things like that come from. Um, they, you know, they took the coca leaf and they extracted the alkaloid or whatever, and they synthesized it. And cocaine was made in a laboratory. Um, so it is with LSD. And so, I mean, that guy, and I think in certain circles, is you know, he's is, is kind of legendary. Him and this guy named Owsley, who lived, I believe, in San Francisco with his San Francisco values, and created a particularly potent brand uh, of acid. Uh, all the way through the 60s. That being said, unless it sounds like I'm some sort of drug fiend, let me say that uh, a, not only have I never done acid, but boy, goddamn, the whole notion of it terrifies me. That's a drug. Taking needles on one's arm and not knowing what's going to happen. I don't you could so. never, you you could not pay me enough to take acid. There is no way. There's, I mean, listen to how crazy I am now on nothing stronger than a cup of coffee. Can you imagine how I would do this program if I came in and I was frying out of my brain on LSD? I can't even imagine what sort of a radio pro. the, 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 the program might sound largely the same, though. Well, and you know, I mean, really, on second glance, oh, there yeah, may be does. no, might be no substantive ch- changes to it at all. Um, but that's just the, the, the whole notion of your brain sort of being out of your control is a little unnerving to me, and especially the idea of your brain uh, being beyond your control and then just sort of like opening up whatever dark boxes may be lurking in the corners of your mind, where maybe you put away things that you don't wish to think about. That's a thing I could do without. So, no, no for me, thanks. But uh anyway, well, there you go. So that guy's dead, you uh, yes. godless hippies.
4: the surge is working. The U.S. troop deaths hit a seven-month high in Iraq. So, uh, this is horrible. Uh, The attacks in Baghdad pushed the American death toll for April up to 47, making it the deadliest month since September. One soldier died when his vehicle was struck by a roadside bomb. Another died of wounds uh, after he was attacked by a small arms fire. Another shooting things into the green zone, which was supposed to be safe.
1: So, uh, yeah, there's no news coverage coming out of there whatsoever. No, of course not, Tim, because news coverage is unpatriotic. Mm -hmm. You hate America. Mm-hmm. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hey, Rick,
10: how's it going? What's up? I was curious. You were talking yesterday about the the Austrian uh, den of whatever, den of love, whatever that was. I, I don't know. think oh, it's no, no,
1: really no. a den of love, sir. <laughs> some of the, That probably uh, depends on who you ask.
10: Well, some of my point is uh, some of the whimsy you said might have been a little too soon. I was wondering what happened to the too soon sounder. I used to love that.
1: Oh, um, well, here's the thing about the, news, the too soon sounder, which Aaron Duran made for us. I never even really had that. That was the thing that Sarah had. Ah. And I kept meaning to edit it down and put it in this little program I have called a Cartomatic, which is from where I play my... Um, that's, the, that's the thing that allows me uh, to play all my right, sound right. effects. And I never got it edited down over here. And Sarah, I don't know what happened. I think we just sort of 100? forgot about it. The Too Soon sounder? Oh, yeah. Because it's like four minutes long, and it we, it sort of needs to be...
10: Yeah, you had it knocked down to where it was just, you know, whenever you needed it, a couple of seconds. I
1: think just... Aaron made it while he was really drunk. <laughs> and so it just sort of goes on forever, and it kind of floats in with this weird kind of musical beginning that I think is from Chasing Amy, and it's just... So it we'll bring it back at some point. I'm glad you mentioned it. I it, sort of it, forgot about it.
10: It was great. I hope you do.
1: All right. Uh, anything else we can help you with today, sir? Mm, I don't think so. How, shall we take you out too soon style? Oh,
10: that would be fantastic.
1: All right. We'll do Keep that any second now. And when I say... Any seconds too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Yeah, too soon. All right. There you go. Too soon. Thank you, sir. Talk to you later. All right, bye now. There you go. You're listening to KCMD. I,
11: you, Your facts are uncoordinated.
1: Portland. That doesn't make any sense at all. His brain is gone. Speaking of acid. <laughs> all right, here's Tim Riley.
4: What is the saltiest frozen dinner in America? It is the Swanson Hungry Man... 30. XXL. What is XXL? <laughs> I don't know. But can I extra, tell you this?
0: Extra, large. Oh,
4: I thought it was third. Extra, extra large roast carving turkey dinner. It has 4,480 milligrams of sodium, 1,360 calories, and 70 grams of fat. <laughs> Get me two, Tim. Um. It has 100... No, it has uh, one and a half pounds of whatever it is inside of it.
1: It's <laughs> one, one and a half pounds of hungry man. Um, can I uh, say this? That I hear the thing they used to sell when I was a kid that I think they sell now is the Hungry hombre, mm-hmm. which is the Mexican equivalent of that. Uh, and my parents would buy that because I guess they thought it was like more. I don't know. I guess they thought it was more exotic or something. And so it was exactly the same as the Hungry Man dinner, but like instead of gravy, it was like some generic uh, sort of like brown sauce. Uh you know, it was like a like the like the vinegary that like weird brown stuff stuff that they serve with shepherd's pie or whatever. And it was like that mixed with like um like a salsa of some kind. It was really just ketchup. And it would be called the Swanson Hungry Ombre Dinner. And the word ombre had like flames drawn onto it. Also ombre. Speaking of XXL, I'm not gonna identify uh the store, but let me just say that for um I had to go buy a I had to go buy a shirt a few days ago for something that we were doing. Uh, something that we did over the weekend. Something that required the wearing of a shirt. Yeah, right? so I had to go buy a shirt, and and I had to buy a shirt that was a little on the small side. I had to buy sort of a small button-down shirt, and I went to, uh, shall we say, a popular retailer, a large retail store that to many people um, is synonymous with dumb, fat people, and so I went there, and I, can I tell you, finding a small shirt in that place was nearly impossible because everything they sold, like, the, the smallest they sold anywhere was a large. That was the, there was no medium, there was no small. They all have Tweety Birds on them. Yeah, the smallest thing they sold was a large, and then, and but but there would be like one stack of large shirts and then multiple stacks where the sizes all started with X. Often, like, a, no lie, literally up to like a 4X button down. And really, can I just say They've this?
2: They've got to pander to the demographic, Rick.
1: If you are wearing a shirt that is a 4, if it's an XXXXL, why are you bothering to wear a button-down shirt? Why not just wrap yourself in a tarp? I mean, what is the point? To, for whom are you trying to look presentable? I mean, what is that's a, that's a lily. There's not enough paint in the world to gild that. So just give it up, friend. Anywho, here's Tim Riley. You know what the saltiest breakfast is? It is RV sausage gravy
4: biscuit. Three thousand seven hundred fifty-four milligrams of sodium. Nine hundred sixty-one calories. It is
1: a lard riddled biscuit. <laughs> a lard riddled biscuit. I'd like one, please. Um, hey, speaking of which, if you guys? Uh, have, I say you guys, and I know the answer from Tim will be no. Uh, have you seen uh, what's the restaurant that just opened in Southeast that is like a biscuit place? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. They're, the gimmick is they sell sandwiches. I think for breakfast, lunch and dinner. But the the gimmick is that they're all served on like buttermilk biscuits. Hmm. I read a thing about it in the Willamette, and one of them is of course like four thousand calories, and that's like we gotta go there and get that. So I told Lara, I'm like, we gotta go and get the heart stopper. Uh, but it's some restaurant that sells just these big biscuit sandwiches. Uh which let me just tell you, there's you take anything, you put it on a biscuit, it becomes like three times as good. So
4: a lard riddled biscuit. That's the saltiest pizza is the Pizza Hut Meat Lover's Stuffed Crust Pizza. Oh, yum. 5,070 milligrams of sodium, 1,560 calories, 87 grams of fat, and 114 grams of carbs. Wait,
2: 1,500 in, in the entire pizza? That's
4: us yeah. see. Or is that per serving? Uh, let's see. Uh, per serving.
1: Oh, three slices. Three slices. Wow. Pizza. Like anybody has a three-slice serving. Please. Um, and can I tell you... Wait, slices, you don't eat please. three slices of pizza? I eat three slices, like, several times. Oh, okay. I eat three, and then three more, and then three more again. I down,
2: when I go to, like, Papa... Which one? Papa John, Papa Murphy's? I never know the, the
1: difference. The take-and-bake one? That's yeah, Papa... Mm-hmm.
2: I can eat half of one of those, can,
1: uh, the thin crust ones. Can I tell you this, actually? I was thinking about this the other day, uh, because, you know, I love the, the like those bad dollar ninety pizzas from Safeway. I'm just so unashamed of it. But I... When I was living in Salt Lake as a as a, as a young single man... Uh, and of course, I would just eat. I mean, I eat badly now, but I I ate terribly then. I ate so much more badly when I was like 20, 21, 22. Do you ever look back on the amounts of things you used to eat, and you physic you don't know how you physically mm-hmm. did it? Like you don't know how like where the food went.
2: When I was in my chubby stage in college, I could eat like half of an extra large like cheese pepperoni everything pizza. Can I tell
1: you? You know those big and how does it all fit into your body? That's my thing. Can I tell you? You know those big red baron pizzas they sell at Safeway. Those you know, like the big ass frozen red baron pizzas. Mm-hmm. Do you know that frequently, when I was 20 years of age, I would eat two of those in a single sitting? What? It's true. I mean, I'm not. Uh, it's I'm not able to do it now. Probably which is good. But I would. Tim is your recoiling. In a no, was, you know? No, you actually put your hand over your mouth just no, not like you were gonna be sick. It, it was. It was a different thought.
4: It has something to do with the red Baron. I've been up in the red baron biplane before. And I remember being strapped into this thing and him twirling the thing upside down and me checking to make sure that my parachute was still
1: on. <laughs> the Red Baron biplane, you mean for the pizza? Yeah, they have promotional biplanes that tour from city to city. They came here about... Oh, throwing... to tie in with the R- Baron von Richthofen. So, yes. Yeah,
4: so okay. the, the top of this plane is open, and they're flipping it over. When oh. Inside. Just
1: like that WKRP where Les Nessman's up in the biplane and the guy's doing loops.
4: It's like a carnival ride, but it's not attached to anything. <laughs> it's really flying in the air. And you're thousands of feet above the ground.
1: And it could be a carny flying the plane, for all you know. Mm-hmm. So you're belted in. Did you have a parachute on? Yeah,
4: they make you wear a parachute. Did they teach you how to use it? Yeah, but I, I had no idea... <laughs> That it was considered
1: so dangerous that you had to wear a parachute in
4: this thing. Oh, yeah, there's
1: no top. Well, I mean, you're, no in a, you're in a plane with no roof. Yeah. I mean, you're basically in a lawn chair with, with a propeller on mm-hmm. it. Jesus. So basically, you're so far into this thing that only your neck is sticking out anyway. <laughs> Did you please tell me that you had a scarf trailing up behind you and goggles?
4: I didn't. I was trying to pretend to be brave for my co when was I was this scared this of... a
1: radio station? Uh, Why yes. would you? Oh, really? It was the old K.O.T.K. Long, long ago. And... Here? Yeah. Was this in Ninety eight. So that must have been just weeks before I met you then. Huh? Damn. I missed that. I'm so sad that I'm... Please tell me there are photos. They... I do have a photo at home with me standing next to the
4: pilot and in front of the biplane. Oh, the that
1: is righteous. Are you wearing like the full-on no. with camel? I don't think so. Oh, that's too bad. That's great. Boy, that's freaky. We're taking off at the Hillsborough
4: Airport. And the next week, one of those things crashed after the guy <laughs> telling me... That, oh, we put these things through rigorous maintenance. It's much safer than driving, Tim. In the next stop in Pocatello, one of them crashed.
1: <laughs> I'm not laughing at the crash. No. Um, but, uh, boy, that's all kinds. Of, and was it a thing where, like, they asked you to do it, but you sort of felt like you had to? Yes. Yeah, it's, I've been at many of those things in radio. Look, uh, I mean, look. You, I, now, I say
4: no to everything,
1: except once in a while
4: I do pick something just to get it out of the way.
1: Yeah. And people can't say he doesn't do anything around here. That's That see, that's me with my wife too. Can you know? Let's, honey, let's go out with some friends tonight and have an evening of sociality. and then so like later I can just like re- refuse to go out for the next six months. Yeah. That, but that's I've done that with radio things too. We're like, and you're afraid to say no because you don't want to be branded as uncooperative. You know, you want to look like a team player, so they you
4: don't w- want to run through the burning
1: coals and the nails. <laughs> well, well, I guess. Please don't fire me. Huh. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but uh, so yeah, I used to sit down and cook two of those Big Red Bear and Frozen pizzas. That is h- very clip. impressive. Eat both of them back to back, no break, one and then the other. Uh, and I, I think I well, have...
2: pizza's one of those foods that you can just eat so much of. And
1: you can just shovel it in. It is, I mean, I hate to say this, it is the world's perfect food. It is. It's, there's nothing in the food world better than good pizza. I mean, I'm telling you, it's just true. Me just eat hands. <laughs>
2: <laughs> when you sleep, I put my hands in your mouth. <laughs>
3: Where does it even come from? <laughs> I don't... Tim, are
2: you with me? Like, would you ever? Would that thought ever come into your mind?
3: No. No. I'm
1: sorry, I was just trying to come up with something creepy.
3: You <laughs> <It> were <worked>. success. <laughs> Mission accomplished.
1: <laughs> when I lived it, final thought on that. Um. I sometimes wish I'd taken a picture of this, but when I lived in that uh, lived in the apartment in Salt Lake, uh, when I was in that phase of eating the two Red Baron pizzas every night, and amazingly, it was at that crazy period in your life where you just don't put on any weight. Uh, and so I didn't gain a lot of weight, but I was too lazy to throw them away, so I would just leave them in the kitchen. And at one point, there were like these leaning tower of pizzas in the kitchen, but of pizzas, but, um, but of Red Baron boxes, just like literally to the roof. Uh, where I would just pile them up, and, you know, and, like, once a month I would take them all out, and there'd be, like, 40 of them. Jesus. That's just that's just horrifying and disgusting. You know what the saltiest Chinese entree is? <laughs> Wait, hold on. Can I come up with a crude response, and sure. then, like, Jim J. Bullock style, and then you tell me the real one?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not going to do it Yeah, What is it? P.F.
4: Chang's beef with broccoli. A lot of people think uh, P.F. Chang's serves only healthy things. No, they
1: have that great wall of uh, chocolate. I know. Yeah. No, that'll kill you, Dad. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: You can chop it in half though and share it with somebody. It's massive. Well, it's like that thing from the claim jumper where it's cake that's a foot high. But
4: no, anytime you do pre and I do, uh, you always have enough to bring home, and you have like enough for three more meals,
1: even though you only order two little things on the side. Yeah. No, it's it's that is the uh, that's the great bad thing, uh, the thing that is both good and bad about American portions is that like you pay. I mean, and then you feel obligated to take it because yes. obviously you've paid for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But then yeah, you can space it out over the next like. Do you ever do this though? Uh, and I'm not talking about P.F. Chang's. I'm talking about another restaurant specifically that I that I won't name, where that Lara and I will go to, and the food is fantastic. It's 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 not a chain. It's a it's a, a one off. It's just a little independently owned restaurant where the food is amazing. I mean, it's really really good, but only when they first bring it to you. And every single time, I'm like, well, I got to take this home because it's it's very filling, and I'll take it home and I'll try it later, like the next night, you know, or later that night. And it's just terrible. It's never good, and it, it's strange because it's it, how food kind of most food actually gets better the next day, like Italian food especially. But this place, man, it's like the next day it just turns on you. If you don't, and I've learned that it's, it's, I just have to leave it there because it's terrible if I try to eat it the next day.
4: And they eat there all the time, and they burn my food every time, no matter what.
1: <laughs> no, and the thing you know, but that thing about that place
4: <coughs>
1: is, um, you know what, McMinnemans is great for. They introduced me again to. <coughs> this thing in my throat. Hold on. Uh oh. I had that yesterday. Ew. I had to gargle with hot um, water. They, um, uh.
2: Did you want to take a second to pour some water?
1: No, I think I'm fine. Okay. Uh, McMinniman's got me back on the tater tot thing. They got me back on the whole. I haven't had tater There's
2: tots. spicy tots? Oh, come on.
1: Dude, I had some the other day. Uh, the, the Cajun tots. Cajun tots, Oh, yeah. man. And I had sort of like. I'd broken free of the tater tot addiction. Uh, but now. I am I'm totally back on it man. And it and you know tater tots are bad for you. They're all kinds of bad. That's I mean there's no it's good in there. Starch rolled in grease and then deep fried and dipped in ranch. There's nothing worse for you than that. But goddamn they're good. They are fantastic. Also, final observation, let me say this. This was um at someplace else but uh you know what I haven't had Do you remember a food that that you like the taste of but You don't like eating the food itself because it's either inconvenient or messy or whatever. Uh, And I'll give you... This is maybe the only example I could... Like, like, uh, Laura's dad has this thing where he loves ribs, but uh, doesn't... But doesn't eat them because this is like too much work for too little food. It's mm-hmm. so like it's just all very difficult and it's messy. Isn't it just stretchy fat on a bone no. with mm-hmm. red stuff all over it? I suppose that might be the outsider's perspective. I don't, on like, the I don't
4: like eating meat off the bone. People
1: snapping things off a bone. Well, they like, get it all there over there their fingers and the their
4: faces. But that's
1: what I'm saying. That's the perfect example. That's why I don't really, as much as I really do, food like, of savages. And you really can I? And you don't ever feel more like a carnivore than when you're eating something like that. Then you start to think you're like I'm basically just hunched over in the forest here, like over over a wildebeest, you know. And there you expect the guy to be going, "We now see Rick Emerson in the forest, over a freshly killed wildebeest. He will take some food back to the young and then resume the hunt." Uh, And there I am with a big bowl of ranch, but. You know what I had for the first time in forever uh, was like wings, like buffalo wings, mm. which, again, are the quintessential food where I like the taste of it. But, boy, I just hate eating them because you go through like a thousand napkins and you realize that everybody there who's eating that, they're all messy at the same time, but you still feel like just the biggest slob. You just, and I, I, maybe it makes me anal retentive, but I cannot. I find it very difficult to eat foods that make me look messy. I hate looking messy because then I feel like I am that disgusting person that you sometimes see at a restaurant that's just like shoving food into his face, and I hate looking like that. So I enjoyed them, but I really only got them at the behest of someone else who was like, "You have to try the wings here; they're the best thing ever," and they were really good. But they're actually just so embarrassing to eat that mm-hmm. I just I can't I can't eat them on an ongoing basis. But I do sound crazy. All right, here's Tim Riley. And last one, the saltiest sandwich. And now, is this now? But this is from anywhere, like a chain. This could be from anywhere. Mm -hmm. The saltiest sandwich. It is from. It does come from a chain. Would this be the uh,
4: Baconator from uh, from Wendy's? No, it is Quiznos. Turkey bacon guacamole large sub with cheese, but with reduced fat ranch dressing. <laughs> you know, 4,670 milligrams of sodium, 1,120 calories, 49 wow. grams of fat, 116
1: grams of carbs. Can I tell you that I kind of missed that Quiznos at the Coin uh, Tower because I Me would eat too. there occasionally. I would
4: eat there like daily. I'd
1: eat the chili bowl they have there, which is really good. Uh, it and, only
4: takes five minutes to walk over
1: there. Uh, that place, but you know, I ate there a little too often though, because that, especially that, like a bread bowl filled with. Chili. I mean, it's. I mean, it's just. It, it's. It could probably couldn't be worse for you, but it's so good. I
2: love their turkey light sandwiches.
1: Oh man. And, oh, and, and that and
2: sounds it... so good. We're gonna have to go.
1: <laughs> okay. As long as you go, can I just? Why don't you leave right now? You can play the
4: popcorn song. <laughs> 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 uh Continuous luma. Step out for just a. Uh.
1: So I was uh, telling Laura the other day how uh, Sarah and I are sort of uh, like mental teenage girls because I have this whole thing that if Sarah and I. If there's food in the kitchen, especially the fattening kind, like she can't just eat some or I can't just eat some. We have to both eat it because then it's like neither of like us I are eating it. i share my cake with you. Because then it's like neither of us are having it, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like we're, then we're both eating the same amount of calories. If we're putting on weight, we're both putting it on at the same time. So it's like it's not happening at all. Uh, but if just one of us eats bad food, then we feel bad about it. But if we're, you know, it's we have to sort of binge together god we sound mental but um
2: i said some macaroni salad i'm gonna make you eat some
1: i'll have an easy mac i all don't right. like macaroni salad but i'll have an easy mac okay so all right here's tim riley
4: oh i just got another letter from obama <laughs> <laughs> i haven't received one in about two and a half minutes well you were due Uh they got to hold a statewide mission not accomplished press conference
1: now that seems like a bad that oh a mission not accomplished, not accomplished. that seems very i think it's the anniversary it. of oh, that i know uh, uh, it's, it's right. that it has to go okay uh, here's tim riley
4: well, let's uh, talk about some other things here. How about the uh, the 911 operator who fell asleep and snored on the job?
8: Mm-mm. I just heard tapping on my window. I need mean, somebody over here. My
6: dog heard it. My dog
1: got up. Yeah. Apparently that was snoring. That just sounded like she turned into static. I know it does. Uh, yes, the 911
4: operator has been caught snoring during an emergency call. The woman dialed 911 told the operator somebody was trying to break into her house. The line went silent during the plea for help. After about a minute, the sound of stirring was heard online. Monique Martin of the uh, Memphis Police Department said the dispatcher has been suspended for 10 days after supervisor uh, received a 20-day suspension.
3: Luckily,
12: the caller was not injured, and that was one thing that we had to look at, as well as the history of the dispatcher as far as their experience and any complaints that they may have received. This dispatcher hasn't had any previous complaints, and this was just an unfortunate incident.
4: You know, it's being a, an unfortunate incident.
1: being a nine one one operator or any sort of operator like that is going to be uniquely stressful. I'm surprised they must sign non disclosure agreements or something. Because wouldn't you think that there's a million books in that? Yeah. Wouldn't you think somebody write a book about being like a suicide hotline person? I would. There you go. So the next time you call, <laughs> be aware that it may be Tim and he may be writing a book. Um, cause like my wife was a telephone psychic for a while for a book that she was trying to, you know, she was working on. She ended up oh, just, great. it ended up being just sort of a lengthy magazine piece that she wrote and submitted. But, but so she worked a psychic hotline for about three months, um, just, just sort of write about it. And, um, and I was, you know, and even that was amazing. I mean, just the people that would call her. Uh, so it does seem like that's a, there are a million stories in the naked city. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello.
5: Rick, medieval Mac. How you doing, buddy? Hello,
1: sir.
9: Hey, can you hear me now?
1: Are you, uh, yes.
9: Oh, okay, sorry, coming out of a big tunnel here. Hey, listen, I know you're a big Dick Dale fan like I am. I want to let you know old Dick's got cancer again.
1: Again? I didn't know he had cancer. Like, when did he have cancer the first time?
9: Uh, 1970. Uh, Dick... he was supposed to die of it then, and, uh, he actually, uh, recovered.
1: Maybe he's, uh, just impervious. Maybe he can't be killed by anything.
9: <laughs> no, uh, in fact, here's a piece of rock and roll trivia for you. Uh, Jimmy Hendrix wrote the song Third Stone from the Sun as a eulogy for Dick Dale when he found out he had cancer and he wasn't supposed to live.
1: Is that true? So th- yeah. Dick Dale, of course, surf rock uh, pioneer, did the song Miserloof to Pulp Fiction. Blah blah blah. That's kind of where everybody knows him. Um, so, uh, well, is he? I mean, is it? The, sounds like a dumb question, but is it like bad? Is it expected to beat it, or is it? Uh, what's the deal?
7: It's real bad. It's the same
9: kind that uh, should have killed him, and now he's 70 years old. And uh, he went in for uh, six weeks of both uh, chemo and radiation, five days a week for six weeks. Uh, he had the operation on uh, April fourth, and then he's got six more weeks of uh, radiation and chemo.
1: Well, our good friend uh, Timmy Ryan actually uh, toured with Dick Dale for a while, and still still knows him fairly well. So we'll, uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep we'll try to keep it in the loop and and kind of follow it as it goes on. Thanks for the heads up, my friend. Hey, you're Bye. Right, thank you. There you go. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hello.
10: How's the weather where you're at?
1: How can I help you, sir?
10: Uh, I had a comment on the Isle Lesbos. It's oh. all true.
1: Of course uh, you did.
10: Yeah. And but. Uh, What's all true? All about the the lesbian thing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Some of my friends are lesbians, but uh, the island isn't easily accessible. You have to take a parry to get there.
4: Is this Rick Steves?
1: <laughs> well, that was Wasted Technology. Thank you, Thomas Edison. Hi, you're on the... Oh, no, that was... i blown the joke. Who was it? Alexander Graham Bell. Well, in any event, that was really technology misused just there. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show.
10: Hello? <laughs> okay. Hello, hi. Uh, hello. Yes. I was talking about, uh, about Dr. Hoffman.
1: Yes, the creator of uh, lysergic blah 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 acid. Yeah.
10: Okay. Well, he uh, he accidentally uh, discovered this stuff while he was, he was making like a uh, yeah. bread molds for you know for migraines back in 1943. Yes. Now remember, you know Switzerland was a neutral country back in World War II. Can, can you imagine the Nazis would it, would it, you know, would have done with that stuff if, you got, if they got a hold of it?
1: Well, the Nazis were big drug freaks. We had the Nazis. Uh, if, if tank is the right word to use there, uh, we oh, yeah, have oh, yeah, king of, of the tank king. for methamphetamine.
10: Yeah, there's a the king of the kang- uh, crankster gangsters. You yes, know? but uh, now fast forward back in the 60s. He wrote
1: this book, fast forward back in the 60s, in <laughs> fact, right
10: into the 60s, excuse me, but he wrote this book called LSD My Problem Child. Mm-hmm. He, he talked about, you know, about, especially about the '60s. You know, that he he never meant to have that, you know, to occur. Well, it's
1: got to be weird to be the guy who created something that did really impact the world for good or bad in just such a profoundly, uh, you know, unique way.
10: Oh yeah, I, I mean, it, when, when he when he actually he found he, he 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 was really pure, you know, pure reason why he wanted to try to find a compound <laughs> for migraines. He was yes. Way back then. Now you talked about well with Augusta Stanley Osley. Sure. Okay, you know, that guy. Okay, he was uh, back in San Francisco.
1: You know a lot about LSD. Yes. Are the... you on LSD right now?
10: No, but my my mind's been dry cleaned for years. That's one of the good stuff about LSD. like so a lot oh, of yeah. people like to have their minds dry cleaned, that's will okay. do it.
1: But there's uh, the here's, we we gotta gotta move on. My friend, is that do you have a final point to make here?
10: Uh, well, uh, yeah, I think we should just you know, get rid of LSD.
1: All right, thank you. Bye now. <sighs> Tim, I'm going to ask you this because I'm just saying you and I both. Uh, well, I guess I could ask Sarah as well, but I was just saying maybe it's maybe it's sort of a generational thing. The Do you find that there is a particular kind of, how do I put this, a particular kind of sense of humor That is shared by sort of uh, the hippie era folks, folks who maybe come from the hippie drug culture. I suppose that might be true. And there is a certain kind of—they all have a certain kind of way of of telling jokes or trying to set up one-liners. Or Mm -hmm. I I don't even really know how to describe what I'm talking about, but it is there's a particular kind of sense of humor Mm -hmm. that I do hear in a lot of people, and it's. Usually in people who are of the age to have sort of becoming of age in the '60s, and who did come from what one might call that sort of classic rock, sex, drugs, rock and roll culture, that movement, mm-hmm. and and they do all kind of have a sense of humor or they try to tell jokes like that guy right there. So you meet a lot of those people like hair tied a, back in the ponytail, exactly. Yeah, J- uh, John Lennon glasses. Exactly. That's
2: that's so what I was picturing. So they,
1: that's what I mean, and it's all like the same sort of quasi. It's like. Vaudeville, Shaky Green meets like weird rye delivery. yeah Anyway, you too much exposure to wavy gravy videos. All right, here's Tim Riley.
4: Speaking of drugs, the National Enquirer reports a new Angelina Jolie tape shows her before she was famous taking drugs with friends. She's even admitted using drugs in the past. She once said, "I had done coke, heroin, ecstasy, LSD, everything. I Good hate heroin her. because I've been fascinated with it. I'm not amused, but I wouldn't do it at all." This video is proved that it could damage your career. Doubtful. Yeah. Uh, the tape's owner is seeking $70,000 for its sale, telling the Inquirer it seems to be out of the 1990s, right before Angelina, then in her 20s, was breaking out in films. The key part of the tape is Angelina doing heroin. Wow, this is really good smack, she says. <laughs> Not the cheap crap that I, that's I that been stepped on. Angelina's seen sniffing white lines on a uh, plate, and then... Uh, the drag cooks on tinfoil. She deeply sucks it in through a tube.
1: You know, you never catch the dragon, Tim. I guess not. Here's uh Tim H- Riley.
2: Hasn't it been speculated that she's still? Um, speculation only that. Um. Some people say. Some people say that
1: she's still doing the smack. Really? Is that true? Oh, yeah. I've not heard some people say that. Oh, but yeah. I mean, do they? Is that a thing that some yeah, people do say? Very really? Very much so. Yeah. Well, like... I mean, don't you just? I'm sorry, whoever this. I'm going to put you back on hold for a second. Stay there. Um, don't you, we've mentioned this about many, many people, but don't you assume that nobody ever cleans up? Mm. I mean, I'm not going to name names, but I mean, we, there's a high profile rock Absolutely. stars and celebrities we know who have a drug problem or whatever, and I'm not trying to make light of drug problems, but they, they get into rehab or whatever, and I always. How do I. Um, uh, okay, let me be very careful here. Uh, when I worked uh, in rock radio, there was a band that came to town that had had uh, fought a very high profile battle with addictions and uh several Is it famous yeah you you would all know who I'm t- I hate to do this but I mean it's the only way to tell the story uh but a, a band in which uh, several members had had well documented struggles with addiction it had uh, it had derailed their career at one point but they were um Experiencing a, a bit of a revival let's say that they apparently had uh, seemingly had triumphed over their addictions and were having something of a comeback uh and um one of the members of the band uh sat in for uh, sat down for like an interview for a long interview uh and was you know was gonna whatever do give the station kind of a feature interview with him where you get the interview for like an hour or something uh it was all pre taped um but this member of the band um I won't say he wouldn't do the interview, but uh, it was made pretty clear the interview had to be postponed until someone uh, obtained some drugs for him. Uh, There was there was a little bit of a I mean it was made it was made pretty clear that like uh, that some drugs had a drug situation had to be handled. He was uh, needing some drugs at that moment, and that that situation had to be taken care of before the interview could really happen. Uh, And this is a band that had uh, had talked a lot about uh, about their sobriety. Let's put it that way, and uh, so. But clearly, some drugs had to be found. Did they but,
2: say anything to you to like just say to make it known that you're not supposed to say anything?
1: Uh, no, I mean it was no. I mean, it, I mean, I think everybody sort of knew. I mean, everybody kind of knew it was a thing that was not for public knowledge. That it was, uh, you know, the the down low. Uh, but it was, uh, but it was made pretty clear that that had to be handled before the interview could take place. And anyway, and again, I'm I'm really not passing judgment. I'm just saying that didn't really surprise me because when somebody has. I can't quit drinking coffee, you know? And so, I mean, I can't even... Heroin really does truly terrify me. I was saying earlier that acid terrifies me, but I think in two different ways. I think acid, the whole notion of acid freaks me out because because I know what's stuffed in the dark corners of my brain, and even when I'm stone-cold sober, keeping those boxes closed in my head is a little difficult. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine something that was just making me hallucinate or whatever. Heroin terrifies me just because the people I've known who've taken heroin... No one ever has a bad word to say about it. In a weird way, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like no one said, "Oh, heroin sucks. It feels terrible." They all, none of them said. said heroin is great. It's the best thing you've ever felt. It's the best thing that anybody has ever created. Um, as Charles Mingus once said, he said, uh, he said, if God made anything better, he kept it for himself. And so that's why that freaks me out. So, you know, people who you know who are on cocaine or heroin or whatever, I just assume that you're never clean. I mean, I really do. I hate to feel like I'm digging the worst about people, but I just assume that no junkie is ever cleaned up. And I don't mean not cleaned up in the way that, like, you're always an alcoholic even if you're not drinking. I mean, I assume that it's always just a matter of time until junkies are taking drugs again. Just cause, and that's not a comment on them. That's just a comment on drugs and how in, how insidious they are. So... In any event. Uh, Let's do one more here, and then we'll take a break. He's clean, sober, and talented. (laughs) Robert Downey Jr. is an Iron Man.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Great segue, Tim. Wow. Well done. Yes, it opens up in the theaters this weekend. The actor plays Marvel Comics' armored superhero and his alter ego Tony Stark in this new live-action adventure directed by John Favreau. Downey said he knew he wanted the role after his first meeting with Favreau at Marvel Studios.
11: These posters they have with their films that have done rather well, and the video game section, and the merchandising, and the kids' toys, and the books, and the things, and the online gaming. I'm going, wow. Yeah. Right. should be cool. Yeah, it should be. And then uh, I was like, John, you know, I think I'm really the guy for yeah, this role. And he goes, yeah, I think you'd be be perfect. I don't think it's going to happen. I said, well, yeah. I think it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. And let me know if it comes yeah. down to a screen test or something like that. Send me a a blow.
4: Send me uh, one of those mirrors full of drugs. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're speaking satirically,
4: of course. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow says uh, she's certainly not above uh, being in a comic book movie.
12: I have absolutely nothing against doing you know, a
6: movie with all kinds of special effects and everything. As long as the people involved are going to make me better at what I do, then I'm up for anything. I would do any, any genre, maybe not porn, but uh, anything else.
4: In this scene, Pepper and Tony go over his schedule for the day.
6: The MIT commencement...
11: is in June. Please, don't harangue me about this stuff. Well, they're haranguing me, so
6: I'm going to say yes. Well,
11: deflect and absorb it. Don't transmit it I need you to sign this before you get on the plane. What are you trying to get rid of me for? Do we want plans?
6: As a matter of fact, they do.
11: I don't like it when you have plans.
6: I'm allowed to have plans on my birthday. It's your birthday? Yes.
11: I knew that. Already?
6: Yeah, isn't that strange? It's the same day as last year.
2: Mm. Well, get yourself something nice for me.
6: I already did. And? Oh, that's very nice. This
1: couldn't be less interesting. Thank you. Mr.
2: just
1: You're welcome, Sponsor.
2: He's always playing the same character from Only You.
1: Yeah, no, well, well spotted.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it was, like, the the fast-talking, bumbling, you know, like, ladies' man. (laughs) Because for a while,
1: and for a while, he was playing, he was always just playing the character from less than zero over and over again. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Well, that's, do we have more sound for the movie? Please say no. No, no, none. Fantastic. You know what I do yeah, have? We did, but I didn't take any more. You know what I do have over here? And if you see a crack
7: somewhere, take a hawk with you and try to seal that seal that crack up.
1: Yeah. So how I roll. All right. Back after this, more from Tim Riley, uh, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com, uh, and more about Rick Emerson. Listen to Party 11. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show.
2: Way too high. Oh man,
1: how did you even sing this?
12: I
2: don't.
1: Well, you were drunk, you had the power of alcohol to sing it. Oh,
12: Please tell it me you sang pass. it with
1: Tuggy. Please, no, th- I
2: sing it by <laughs> myself. I was feeling it. How could I pop?
1: I haven't heard this song forever. There's
2: no there's way, there's no way you could okay, sing this. Okay, I know, I don't want to all on it.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah,
1: no way. It's way out of your range. I mean, you're you're a good singer, it's just way too high.
12: It is way too high.
1: The best part is how just now in the kitchen you remembered it because like we were talking in the kitchen just now about Sarah karaoke last night. I'm like, what did you sing? She goes, oh, tuggy and I sang Human League and then uh, something and else. I,
2: I think Share.
1: Share, turn back time, and then she goes, and then suddenly you doubled over. And you put your head in your hands like, oh, God, I sang Impulsive by Wilson <laughs> Phillips.
3: Well done, There's Sarah. There is no way. Uh, I'd
1: give anything to see how this. You sound good out. in this one.
3: <laughs> Thank I really,
1: I'd give anything to know how it sounded. Like Maybe you were really good. I don't think maybe so. Maybe the alcohol <laughs> let the inner.
2: Would it elevated my voice? The, like, the, the, inner,
1: <laughs> the inner soprano came out. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Let's welcome to to the Rick Emerson Show from MrSkin.com dot com, the one and only Mister Skin. Sorry for making you listen to Wilson Phillips, sir. Hey, no problem. No How's problem. life, brother? I know we've been a few weeks since we've talked. We've had to, our schedules have been at yeah, loggerheads, as they say. Up,
13: but I'm back in a, a big build up, so I have to, yeah. I, I have to release these uh, nude reports here. So lots to talk about. <laughs> All
1: right, then what's what is up in the world of nudity, my friend?
13: Well, um, the big movie opening in theaters this weekend is Made of Honor, which uh, st- uh, stars Patrick Dempsey and a very hot uh babe named michelle monahan and lots of guys are going to see this movie and not see her nude and think boy i wonder if michelle has ever done a nude thing." and if they go to mrskin.com they'll see that um in 2005 she did a movie called kiss kiss bang bang yeah yeah which is a cool flick and an hour and 11 minutes in she kiss kisses her top goodbye and uh you'll want a bang banger it's a good scene so uh, very good nudity from Michelle Monaghan not in Maid of Honor which opens this weekend but in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang from a few years ago
3: excellent
13: also on DVD uh, a couple of cool things the uh, Tom Hanks has a movie called Charlie Wilson's War which is new on DVD and three minutes in he's in a hot tub uh, with a couple of female government groupies it's right in his uh office it's pretty funny and you get uh some nice topless scene uh scenes from these girls. They're anonymous girls, no one you ever heard of. But the uh the Capitol domes on those uh uh girls are outstanding and it's uh, happens three minutes into Charlie Wilson's war. Also I, I mentioned this to you when I did my anatomy awards, but uh very important everyone knows that before the devil knows you're dead is new in uh on D V D and Marissa Tomei has amazing nudity in this. In fact the Anatomy Awards, I said it was the best nude scene of 2007 of everything I saw. So check it out before the devil knows you're dead. Uh, that's new. And uh, finally, I wanted to mention there's a movie called Impulse, which hit DVD this week. And uh, the girl, uh, the main star is blonde MTV babe, Willa Ford. She used to date uh, Chuck Lydell. I think she's married to an NHL hockey player, Mike Madano. But um, anyway, she had never been nude. And in this movie, Impulse, five topless scenes and a uh, a nice uh, uh, butt shot of hers. So fans of Will Ford be uh, good news, very good nudity, and uh, we'll ask Mike McMadonnell, have you driven a Ford lately? So check it out. Impulse is a, a new release DVD this week. Lots of Will Ford nudity.
1: Excellent, my friend. As always, a pleasure. Uh, we won't make it so long until next time.
13: Yeah, it won't. Right. we'll talk to you next week. Have yeah. a good day, brother. Sure. There you Bye. go. Mr. Skin, fantastic.
1: You know, you'd, you'd think at some point he would run out of puns, and then he never does.
2: He's a pun master.
1: This was really exceptional, too. I mean, kiss, kiss, bang, bang, capital domes. Have you driven a Ford lately? Willa Ford, didn't she date one of the Backstreet Boys, one of the Instinct guys?
2: I thought so. Wasn't it that... Didn't she date Lance with the...
1: I don't know. And then she had that horrible... Was
2: Lance before he came
1: out? She had that song, I Want to Be Bad. That was... Uh, that in like 2001, I think she she tried to be sort of a Jessica Simpson uh, knockoff. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, your personal savior. And now from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley.
3: Tim,
11: I'm not hearing <laughs> you. <all? laughs>
4: Well, the big news American Idol last night is that Paul Abdul got confused when judging the singers after round one. As a matter of fact, they hadn't even sung yet.
12: Jason, the first song, I loved hearing your lower register. The second song...
11: No, uh, we should just just sing the first song. Just on the first one. Just on the first song. I thought
12: you... Um, oh, my God, I thought you sang twice.
1: Wow. Just Did once. You know, but <laughs> <I'll let> Paula, you... <laughs> you're seeing the future, baby. You're seeing the future. Coming back. All right. A time.
6: Okay.
1: I've got actually a little longer oh, version wow. of that, Oh, I don't want to hear that again. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You'll hear even more this time. I've got a little longer version where she not only says your second song, but then she gives a critique of it. Keep in mind, there was no second song. The guy got up. He sang one song, and that was it. Uh, and that's all that she somehow fabricated like a whole second song in her okay, head Okay, man, It was better so This is uh, so Randy Jackson doing his thing before um, She looks ball. terrible by the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean she looked so out of it
11: You definitely kind of in the zone too. I thought it was strong. It was very nice vocals. It was strong It wasn't amazing But it was strong
12: Paula. Oh gosh, we've never had to write these things down fast enough and um, Jason The first song I loved hearing your lower register, which we never really hear um the second song, I felt like your usual charm wasn't—it was missing for me. It kind of left me a little empty, and uh, the two songs made me feel like you're not fighting hard enough to—no—to no. to get into the top four. So, David Cook.
11: No, uh, we should just just on the first song, just on the first one, just on the first. I first thought song.
12: you i oh my god! If I just sang twice.
3: Wow! Just one, no,
1: Paula. Paula. Paula, you're seeing the future, baby. You're seeing the future you know
3: what? coming back. All right, next one. Okay,
10: Paula, Paula. No, it's David. Paula. Who is your favorite? Who is your favorite? Okay. What? Who is
9: your
4: favorite, Paula? Who is your favorite?
12: You know what? I'm looking at it's your notes, David. You're fantastic. I really... and it was okay. a song that wasn't known.
1: Okay. Let me... uh, so. So she not. I mean, look, it'd be one thing if it was like some just sort of some of the math involved. Like if she was having to keep track of something, and maybe you thought it was two when it was three, you thought it was five. when But it there was, only there was only one. And not I mean, two. and but and not only did she somehow fabricate in her head a second song. But she then created notes for it. I mean, that's the insane thing. He sings a that's song. That's true. That's what I'm mean, saying. It's a little freaky. She, he, he not only only sang one song. She had notes on her pad for two separate performances. There was no other performance. Um, and uh, so that's a little. And plus, you know, I know, some people say, well, they think it's staged, or they think it's fake, or that they're doing it for ratings to have her act like the drunk. Uh, that's. There ain't no way Paula's smart enough to fake that. There's no way that Paula Abdul is smart enough to pretend to be that way. Mm-hmm. And you could tell that Ryan Seacrest was horrified. Mm-hmm. Um, They're going to find the dead of a drug overdose one of these mornings. Who? Paula Abdul? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In I a mean, redwood apartment. Oh, it's, I mean, are you amazed that she hasn't been, like, I'm in the rehab or able something? I'm she to keep this job as long as she has. Well, because the producers must know on some level that it's entertaining or amusing that she's crazy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, I mean... I was watching this clip this morning because I came in. You know, I, we don't watch American Idol, but Susan Reynolds was like, "You have to watch this." She's like, "Even you will love it." And when she says uh, that thing about, we all skipped to just the uh, let's see, where, where is it? American Idol. So she says, "Okay, this... man, it was better."
12: The second song, I felt like your usual charm wasn't. It was missing for me. It kind of left me a little empty. And uh, the two songs made me feel like you're not fighting hard enough to to get into the top four. So, David Cook? Oh
11: uh,
1: we should just just sing the first song.
12: Just on the first one. Just on the first I song. thought you, um, oh my God, I thought you
1: sang twice. And Ryan Seacrest does not look happy. And he steps right in. He does, and he, and he sort of looks at the side like, oh, I want to be anywhere but here right now. Oh, please. So there you go. Well done, Paula.
4: Well, we saved this for this time of the day. The tenant who lived in the incest house for 12 years heard knocking from the sex dungeon but did nothing. Oh. Not his concern, Tim. The tenant who lived above the cellar where Elizabeth Fritzie was imprisoned by her father for 24 years described today how he heard strange noises in the night and saw Joseph ferrying wheelbarrows full of food under the cover of darkness. Ellen Jovanowski, who's 42, lived in the building in the Australian town for 12 years He said Joseph spent his days in the cellar, but banned anyone from going anywhere near it. It never occurred to him anything was unusual about his landlord's behavior, but he now says he won't regret doing nothing for the rest of his life. You suppose? I wish to God I could turn back the clock. The signs are all there, but it was impossible for me to recognize them. Who would believe something so terrible was going on right under my feet? It is a regret I'll have to live with for the rest of my life. Uh, the man who moved out a year ago and uh, still works at a filling station near the house spoke out after 200 residents held a rainy, candlelight vigil in support of the family. Uh, as the outside world thinks this town is a terrible place <laughs> and that <laughs> people in this community do not care for one another, I want to show them it isn't true.
1: It, it, the thing is, I mean, first of all, A.
4: So, Herr Fritzy banned any of the tenants of the 8th from going anywhere near the cellar or the backyard. He said it was protected by a sophisticated electronic alarm, and whoever went there would have their uh, contract canceled without notice.
1: Well, Tim, as a landowner, I'm sure you can
3: agree with him.
4: So I used to take food and shopping down there in a wheelbarrow always at night. Ugh. Oh, and he would fly into a panic at the merest mention of the police or the law. When I moved out, there was a dispute over who would pay for repairs to the door. I threatened to sue. He went pale and caved in immediately. It also uh, emerged today that Fritzi, uh, who's 73, first applied to the planning commission for a cellar in 1978, saying it was to protect his family in case of a nuclear attack.
1: Yeah, he was it was kind of a fallout shelter. That was the story he used. So in
4: 1983, he was allowed to extend it to a proper living quarters with rooms and running water. Oh,
1: that's so creepy. I mean, there's just nothing creepier than this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, what, a couple of things. A, here's some things I was thinking about. A. As much as you'd like to see this guy just hang himself in his prison cell, uh, I, I I want him to live long enough so that they can just beat the whole story out of him, so that there aren't nagging unanswered questions. That would be almost that would be worse uh, at this point as if he if he died and then we just never found out. So I want him to live long enough that they can uh, take him in the in the basement and and do what needs to be done and get the story out of him, uh, and. Here's another freaky thing about this, like in a story full of freaky things. You know, there's those photos that the uh, News of the World published, or this is London, where it was like him on vacation in Thailand with his family. And, of course, and he was 73, maybe not the picture of health. That's a freaky thing to think about, is that, I mean, it didn't happen, thank God, but what if he just died? I mean, it was a soundproof basement. Nobody ever would have known they were there. Mm So the whole, all the family and the kids or whoever was in there would have just starved to death because no one oh. knew they were there. It was a soundproof basement. Clearly, the neighbors who heard something were going to do anything. So they're lucky. I mean, in some horrible way that that at least they were found. If he'd just been hit by a bus or keeled over one day, they would have just died down there. So that's awful. And as Seamus pointed out to me, you know, there's only twenty three thousand people in that town. Uh, and it seems like a small town, maybe, where things aren't necessarily run with, like, clockwork, or whatever. But I don't know how it is that he hasn't just been lynched by some sort of pitchfork-wielding mob at this mm. point. I mean, it's amazing to me the town hasn't just killed him. So, anyway, F that guy. Then police are
4: looking into possible links between a young woman's killing and the man who confessed to holding his daughter captive for 24 years. Uh, apparently, there's no evidence so far but police have widened their investigation into an unsolved murder 22 years ago. The body of 17-year-old Martina Posh was found in the shore of a lake. Uh, Fritzie's wife owned part of an inn and campground on the other side of the lake at the time. Well, this seems unimportant. Remember the uh, remember the people at
1: that compound in Texas? Yes, all oh, the nutcase polygamists. Yes. Is this a religious nutcase watch? No, I suppose it could be. here's a religious nutcase watch. vote Wednesday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program.
4: had discovered a history of physical injuries including broken bones and children taken from that polygamous ranch. Uh, the state has been criticized for taking all 463 kids to the ranch including infants and boys and the theory that girls may have been abused when they were teens. Wednesday's comments from the commissioner who oversees the Department of Family and Protective Services, uh, Commissioner Cockerell, uh, was first to suggest that uh, children other than the teen girls had been physically abused. He said medical examinations have revealed numerous injuries, including broken bones and very young children. He gave no other details on the children's injuries, but said 41 were involved. They declined to elaborate on the commissioner's comments. Part 2. Part 2. Oh, there's another one of these. State police have removed four children from a church whose leader claims to be a messiah and acknowledges having sex with some of its followers. Three girls and one boy, all under the age of 18, were taken from a northeastern New Mexico compound following an April 22nd investigation. The children were taken into state custody because the allegations of inappropriate conduct between minors and the adult leader of the Lord of Our Righteousness Church came to light. We understand it was very common, and state police uh, did not meet with any resistance you are unaware of any other use in the compound. They didn't elaborate rape because of the ongoing uh, investigation by state police. No charges have been filed yet, but they will be. There you go. There's
1: your religious nutcase watch for Wednesday. Emails like this where you feel like you want to help but you have no idea what to Rick, there was a song that was played at the end of the show on April twenty eighth. Let me know what it was. I Who remembers back that far? no no one certainly not I. I don't even know when that was. What's today? 20th, that's what's Monday. Monday. Monday? What will we have played at the end of Monday's show? You got me. Oh, it was falling slowly. Was it? Yeah, because remember we were pre-funking for the concert. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was Falling Slowly by uh, Glenn Hansard and or The Frames, depending on what version you're looking for. Uh, That's from the soundtrack to the movie Once.
2: Did you just get this really exciting email from Richie?
1: Well, I'm trying to figure out, let let me read this. I'm trying to figure out if this is in addition to next week. It is. Uh...
2: Yeah, I see that oh, okay. and
1: then... So this is very exciting. I've had Richie looking into this. This is I really am quite... Le- I'm really legitimately excited, but this is very, very, very cool. Can um, I tell you that uh, Joni DeRoshi said an interesting thing. She said that um, she... This is the greatest compliment. She called me the James Lipton of 80s rock. Uh, I was the James Lipton of hair metal. Um, but uh, so next... I'll do these in, in escalating order. So uh, the 7th, which is what? Next Wednesday? I think it's next Wednesday. Yes, yes. um uh, So uh, the 7th, which is next... Hold on. Wednesday. Is it? I thought you might you have been just saying <laughs> to placate me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so next Wednesday, the 7th at one thirty p.m., uh, we're going to be talking to Jack Russell uh, from Great White, who are actually coming to town. They're doing a tour right now. Um, and then they will be uh, in studio... Uh, on may 22nd which is the day of the show uh so next wednesday we'll be talking to jack russell from great white next wednesday uh they'll actually be in the studio uh at 1 30, uh p.m which is fantastic i i really am a massive fan of those guys and in fact um on the bigger than jesus supplemental features there's a thing that joni and i filmed uh at the the Music Millennium Northwest store which is now closed but I did a feature called the, the 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 10 hard rock albums you should own but don't and one of them was the album Sail Away by Great White which came out I think in 1993 which really is one of the all-time overrated uh, overrated overlooked underrated uh, albums sort of of that genre from that period of time anyway so very exciting so next Wednesday Jack Russell on the phone and then the 22nd uh, Great White in the studio so there you go here's Tim Riley Well,
4: David Blaine took on a zen-like appearance in a water tank as the minutes ticked away during his attempt to break a new breath-holding record. Oprah Winfrey, however, was anything but calm. She fidgeted in her seat, pursed her lips, placed her head in her hands, and seeking reassurance from a doctor at her side about 35-year-old magician's uh, persistent heart rate. I'm glad it's over. I don't like suspense, said she. Uh, soon enough, Winfrey and Blaine could breathe a lot easier. He submerged from a water-filled sphere on the stage of the Oprah Winfrey Show during a live broadcast. He held his breath for 17 minutes and 4 seconds. The other previous record was 16 minutes, 32 seconds, set in Switzerland, according to the Guinness Book of Aurora Records. He had a smile on his face as his head rose across the water and took several gulps of air. Within a minute, he was able to hold the microphone and tell Im- uh, Winfrey, I feel great. Uh-huh. It's a it's the end of a lifelong dream.
1: <laughs> we gotta let go. I want to hold my breath. You do know, would be much more impressive. We're gonna have we're gonna have him set they some... put
4: piranha in there. <laughs> gotta hold your breath for 17 minutes.
1: <laughs> Try to keep him breathing now, funny man. Um, really, or just you know, how many swings can you take from a ball peen hammer before you finally scream stop? How about that, David Blaine? Son of a bitch! Maybe they should roll that that spear onto the Hollywood Freeway and see how long holds doing that. And the
2: existence of that guy and a lot of magicians actually
1: just annoy me. Well, that's I think why they were so ripe for, for parody with Joe Blue. Oh yeah, and you know, and we know that guy Adam the Great, who's who is pretty great, but you know, you know, he's, he's very impressive and whatnot. But in mean, the vast, but you know, can I can I say something that I think I speak for a lot of people here? I've never put it into these words, but I think it's true. Uh, magicians are like comedians to me. They're a lot I didn't like want to go there, but yeah. No, it's true. Magicians are like comedians. Where for every one that you find interesting or amusing or quality or entertainment, it's just a thousand and one hacks. I mean, it's just a bunch of hacks. comedians, and they all think they all think they're Houdini. All of them.
2: Well, big. Have you ever seen Big Jim stand up? No. He is hilarious.
1: Well, I know he's funny. You said Christine yeah, Levine you was Christine funny. Yeah,
2: Christine Levine. Um, yeah, but it's always kind of off-putting to me. When I've, I've I dated someone once <clears throat> where their goal was to actually to ultimately be a comedian. Really? And it was just it was so unattractive.
1: Like, yeah. Well, because and, and there's such. Uh, uh, but some people
2: I, can do it, and they're really funny. Like when we had uh, Craig Gasson.
1: Yes, he's funny. Well, and but the thing is, Jim, I I don't know what kind of comedy he does. I've never seen it, but I would imagine. That Big Jim doesn't do like jokes. You know what I mean? Like I would imagine he doesn't do like a bunch of one-liners or whatever. He does. It maybe may, you know. or... It, no, he's very he's very intelligent. He's just humor. a funny guy. There's a difference between being a funny person and being you know where you get up there and you know and you know if you're gonna do one-liners at this point, you better be Stephen Wright or it's just not gonna work because it's just a, it's a, just seen it's just kind of tired and whatever. But. um it's just a hard thing to do, but the thing about comedy is I think almost everybody who does stand-up thinks they're better than they are. That's my thing. And I'm not trying to sound like, like we're the funniest people on earth or whatever. I'm just saying it is specific to comedians where they, like, well, my mom always said I was really funny, so I figured it was a thing to try. Like, I, it, it almost seems to be some weird, like some sort of mental talent self-assessment blind spot where most comics can't tell if they're bad. And so they just continue to subject the rest of And, and most of them are not doing anything tremendously interesting or groundbreaking. Ditto for most magicians. That's my thing with magicians. Mm-hmm. Every now and again you see a magician where you're like, damn, man.
2: There's a magician that um, hangs out on Hawthorne. His name's George. Uh-huh. He is unbelievable it's unreal the things that he can do he'll like you know just go and entertain the drunk masses and he's super good but other than that i don't think i've ever seen Maddie that adam the great
1: guy is really good yeah and like penn and teller put an interesting spin on it but i mean they're, you are, know. they're pulling boxes shorts out of their ears you've seen them a million times <laughs> <laughs>
4: exactly <laughs> uh, I'm a chicken out of my
3: shoe <laughs>
1: <laughs> see that right there is funny that that line right there, Tim, you yourself are both more magical and comedic than any comedian or magician.
4: I have a newsman. I just try to be the best newsman I can. And you succeed, Tim Riley. I care about nothing else. All right, here's
1: Tim Riley, the mystery of truth.
4: Well, as expected, the Federal Reserve has cut interest rates by one quarter of one percent. We're supposed to be amazed. They put bulletin capital letters, but nobody knows what that really means. A former Creek County judge from Oklahoma convicted of indecent exposure nearly two weeks ago has been released from prison... Uh, 61-year-old Donald Thompson is scheduled for release from the Roger Mills County Jail in, oh, up there in Cheyenne, where he'd been staying uh, under the House of Corrections. He was accused of using a device called a penis pump during four trials between 2002 and 2003. A court reporter testified during his trial that Chief Saw Thompson exposed himself during trials at least 15 times. He was convicted of four counts of indecent exposure, uh, sentenced to four consecutive one-year prison terms, and fined $40,000. Uh, he's married, has three grown children, and maintain the penis pump was given to him as a gag gift.
1: I'm not going to make the gag gift joke. <laughs> uh, he's allowed to keep it. Sounds like he is. No. No, there's no way to work the phrase gag reflex into that. that right. That's what I was thinking of, and I thought you'd do it. Well, now he's experiencing the penal system in a whole different way, Tim. I guess so. <laughs> Time for break. Okay. <laughs> Okay, then. We'll be back after this. Richie Bristol uh, returns uh, to the studio around the corner with more of his merriment. Tim Riley comes back here in a short while with more news. Uh, your phone calls. If you're on hold, hang tight. We'll come back and do phones in just a moment. Uh, and more about Rick Emerson Listener Party 11. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program right here on AM 970, Southern State Radio. Don't go anywhere. Hey, Richie Bristol. Richie. Richie Bristol, will you join us here in the studio for a second? 503-733-2970. Uh, 503-733-2970. Thank you for coming by. The Rick Emerson Show resumes uh, momentarily. We'll talk to uh, uh, Richie about his... Well, there's all kinds of things happening in Richie's world. I don't even know where to begin. Is he coming down, huh? Uh No, he'll... Uh... Richie, Richie, Richie. Oh, Richie, here's a five. Oh, whatever. Uh, Tim Riley coming up at the bottom of the hour. Like us at three. Michael Mara show uh, coming up at seven. Uh, by the way, if you go to RickEmerson.com, I mean you can see it at 970 AM as well. But uh, if you're uh, at my website, you're checking that out. Go to RickEmerson.com or to sarahxdillon.com, and you'll see a link that takes you right to submit your mini roast. Yeah. And. Um, so the deal is, uh, you can submit a roast for the listener party—a roast of a hundred words or fewer—and uh, we'll sort of put all those in a pile, and we'll pick a whole bunch of those. And Sarah will be delivering those uh, at the listener party. So we have all the full-fledged, uh, full-length r- roasting happening. We should get a gong for Seriously, Richie. Where is he? What's what's some sort of Asian bell that we could get? That's like a ding dong. An Asian bell, you know, one of those like that little clock thing. Ding dong bong. You know that thing. <laughs> That was not me attempting to do an Asian name. That uh, that.
2: Oh no, I didn't think that. It's so
1: no, it's horrible. like uh, no. I was in like an Asian store a while back, and they had it was like a real specific, like a chiming sort of a ring thing. It was, like it was on the clock or whatever. Anyway, we got to get some other sound for Richie Other than that,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, what was my point? Oh, so you go to 970. Uh, Am or you go to uh, RickEmerson.com, and you can click through, uh, and you can submit a mini roast of a hundred words or less. Uh, and then Sarah X Dylan will be delivering uh many of those. And also, uh, listener parts. I
2: was talking to Todd, and he needs all of them in submitted by the fifth.
1: That's true. Uh, we have our good friend Todd the Corpse, uh, who is our script supervisor, and really the only reason he is, exists as a script super sounds terrible. The only reason he exists is <laughs> to be our script it's, supervisor. Yeah, it's not really for terms of editing or censoring or whatever. It is. Uh, it's just so that there are no uh, overlapped jokes. Uh, we're trying to make sure that there are no jokes that are flat out duplicates of somebody else's material, and yeah. I'm I'm not able to really do that uh, because I can't the uh, you know because I actually can't be seeing the jokes before. And can I just tell you that I got my hands full trying to write like my wrap up because there's whatever nine ten roasters something like that, and then I got to back clean up at the end and come up and uh, you know and get a, get a couple lines in about everybody, and I haven't even begun writing that. You know
2: what I like about this uh, me re- reading the mini roasts. You don't have because... to do any work. Well, that, and also because I can say these horrible things that other listeners have said, and I don't have to take the blame oh, for it. Oh, <laughs> see,
1: and that makes me feel terrible because now, I, because I've already gotten a few things written about you. That's mean. It's not mean. It's just, it's all in fun, baby. It's okay. just, a, it's a roast. You know, I, I'm going to just tell you this. You talk about mean. I don't know. I haven't heard, obviously, I don't know any of the jokes. I don't know what anybody's saying. I have heard, though, through the grapevine, I've heard that there's a couple. Uh, I know that
2: I'm going to be, a, like, yeah, that people are going to say mean things. Well, I wasn't going to
1: say that, uh, although that is true. I was just going to say that I've heard that there are a couple people preparing uh, material, and I've heard that it's, uh, it's a little brutal. I've heard that some of the things being prepared are uh, the gloves are off, one might say. All right, uh, let's do a couple of phone calls here, and then we'll uh, continue with other merriment. Hi, you're on The Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
9: Hey Rick, what's up?
1: What's up,
3: brother?
9: Uh, a couple of things. Uh, you were earlier you were talking about eating ribs and wings and whatnot. Yes, sir. You're dead on. You are not neurotic. Uh, watching people eat that kind of stuff is absolutely disgusting. I yeah.
3: won't.
9: I won't go to. I. I. You can. No one can ever even make me walk into a Tony Roma's.
1: And you know that you've been well. And it's, and it's no knock on the Tony food. Romas. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like Tony Roma's, good. I love their food. I really do. But it's. I have sat across from so many people at restaurants of all types. Uh, where it's like somebody's just going and just shoving it in the mouth like it were a human rendering plant, and no, I, I don't want to be that guy. So, yeah. like, I'm eating wings the other day, and it's like I'm, I had nine wings. It was an order of nine, nine wings only. I I think I went through, like, half an acre of trees uh, just napkin-wise because it was so messy. And the whole I time I'm just sitting there going, they're all looking at me, and I look like a pig
9: i can't watch i can't watch people eat it it's it, it takes away my appetite
1: Excellent. So, glad to know uh, that we are uh we are together in our craziness sir
9: uh true that uh one other thing yes um on the austrian thing again um now i presume I, I would say it's presumable that now that that guy's probably going to go to prison forever uh that house will eventually be sold correct or, or i mean the house will probably be vacated by the current family i would well think, right? destroy it right? two
1: things one you know how much? You know how much prison time he's facing? How much? Fifteen years. years. Fifteen yeah, years. Which under Austrian law is the same amount of time he would have gotten if they found her right away. Yeah. So there is no additional uh, punishment for keeping there for you know twenty-six years. Yeah.
9: I was just thinking that if that place ends up for sale, what do you think the RL, what its M L S listing is going to look like?
1: Uh,
3: <laughs> I, don't like
9: know, I don't know. B- bonus room with soundproofing for the aspiring musician. You know how they like make everything look really good on M L S. Trying to
1: turn places. a negative into a positive.
9: Right. You know. All right. The, you know. Bonus sunken living room, that kind of thing. Thanks. Extra half bath. Anyway, there you go.
1: Thanks.
7: Yeah. that's
1: bordering on too soon. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello.
7: Hi, I'd like to talk to Tom.
1: Hi. Yes. <laughs>
7: Do I do I get the popcorn music?
1: I'm sorry, I was I was distracted by a thing on the screen. Um Okay. It's uh there was it was something we were uh we were doing, but it's uh, not gonna be for a little while here. Uh, okay, um, never mind. All oh, right, no, no, no um, go go ahead, sir.
3: That,
7: this is Benjamin, the uh, mental health therapist with your free psychological advice for the day. Yes, I can sir. tell you why people have bad trips if you're interested.
1: A bad acid trip? Absolutely. Let's go around the room. Are we interested in why people have bad acid trips? sarah says no
2: no i am i didn't want to be mean no oh. no i'm <laughs>
1: shaking your head i'm sure why i just assume it has to do with your frame of mind when you take it let me put it this way if i'm in a good mood and i have a cup of coffee i'm in a great mood as sarah will tell you if i'm in a bad mood and i have a lot more coffee i'm in a really really bad mood
7: yeah you've just about hit it on the head i mean there's two important concepts uh when you take an acid it's the set And the setting And you know The set is like Your state of mind Your activities The people you're with The setting of course Is your physical location Are you at home Are you in a park Are you on a roller coaster And I mean This may sound Painfully obvious But what drugs do Basically acid specifically Is they impair Your ability to interpret And interact with reality So they decrease Your feeling Of being in control Of yourself And of your environment So you know Specifically if you have A pre-existing anxiety condition Mm -hmm. You're going to have A bad trip Because it's going to Make you feel like You're losing control Garbage in,
1: garbage out is really what you're saying
7: here. Well, not exactly garbage out. It, it is just uh, more your state of mind. It makes the world feel more threatening and more dangerous. Um, you know, that's why things like uh, alcohol and opiates yes. uh, kind of function like anti-anxiety drugs. That's why people don't have a bad time taking those because they make you feel good rather than making you feel uh, out of control and the world is out to get you. Yes. Okay, Th- you mentally checked out, so I'm going to hang up. Bye. Bye.
1: It's 503 uh, 733 Let's do one more, and then we'll talk to Richie Bristol. Hi, uh, you're on The Rick Emerson Show, sir or madam, as the case may be.
9: Yeah, it's uh, sir, and I just want to let you know that the song that was played at the end of Monday's show was the Japanese version of Still Alive that appears at the uh, end of the Japanese version of, um, what's it, Portal?
1: Is that true?
9: Yes, it is. Who played that? It wasn't me.
1: No, it was it was a caller. Oh, oh, So they're talking about two different things. Sarah played the song Falling Slowly, but that's right. We picked up the last call of the day, and yep. it, was, it was still alive from the video game. That song yeah. that Jonathan Colton played in the studio. All right, fair enough. Thank you, sir. All right, there you go. There's that guy.
2: Doesn't this music just make everything happier?
1: But doesn't it make you seem like... This music seems like it's the soundtrack to something, like to a bad 70s hick uh, sitcom. And so as it's playing... I feel it's kind of slowing down, and everything we're doing is becoming a little bit less interesting and more deliberate right here on <laughs> the Rick Emerson Radio Fine. Program. Fine. It doesn't
2: speak to you the way it speaks to me. I shall put it down.
1: I'm just saying. All right. Uh, it's 221. Uh, should we have Richie in to... Uh, yeah. I, I, I got a couple things to talk about. Well, Richie's... Uh, we've, we, I've done such a good job. This, my mental health uh, counselor would be happy. I've done such a good job of keeping it together uh it during today's program and actually making sure that everything sort of uh went in a linear fashion so here's some of the stuff that's outstanding stuff that we got to do uh i have another installment of the worst song ever uh we did the uh damn i wish you were president thing from sophie b hawkins on monday uh, we've got another uh, worst song ever though uh we still have to do this richie bristol list of the 96 top things that white people like um we have, uh, let's see, we have to bring Richie in to talk about...
2: The revelation is, that... I, yeah, he... It's
1: got this other Southeast connection connection thing going... And then i got to talk about my beard at some point. And I might as well talk about that now. Because I'm on day four... As you, you do
2: look like a, a little kid who's in a play and he's supposed to look old. So you take, like, the sponge. <laughs> spirit gum. Yeah, there's the sponge and you dip it in, like, brown paint and, like, stick it randomly on your face.
1: Uh, the last day I shaved was Sunday morning. Because we, do, we we're, were doing some filming on Sunday afternoon uh, for the listener party. And so I shaved on Sunday morning. So that is now what? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So I am... Wait, is today Wednesday?
2: Yesterday's today's Wednesday.
1: So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I'm at least three and a half days. So I'm it's at about, kind of patchy. About, well, it's only... I mean, I don't know how long it's supposed to take, though. I mean, I don't know at what point... Like, I don't know when, a, when the average guy goes from... Because there's clean shaven, and then there's beard... And I'm really unclear about how long that middle space it takes most guys. I
2: thought it was like a couple
1: of weeks. See, maybe. So, but now I'm just going through that phase where I just I look either lazy or homeless or drunk yeah. or stupid or something. But you know what I realize now is,
2: but it's all growing in like right on the sides too. It's so all right here.
1: And by the way, can I just tell you this? I, it's not that I even really care about this. Um, I was, you know, my gray. Con- yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And my concern with the hair was always the amount, not the color. So I don't really care that it's gray. But I have noticed right here, out right of my chin, a whole bunch of gray hair. You are out in your mid to late 30s. it is true. Thank you. Um, but, you know, what I realized is that it doesn't even really matter because I have to shave it off anyway because we're doing a photo on Friday. Because we're doing a staff picture this Friday.
2: Uh, oh, thanks for reminding
1: me. Yeah, so I can't – and I can't – can't and this is – we're doing kind of a – it's – it's sort of for the listener party, but it's also we just don't have any staff pictures of us, and we don't have any pictures of us. So
2: I wear that same thing that I
1: wore. So I, I would think. say so. Because yeah. Because I, Tim and Richie and I are going to be wearing the same things probably. Okay. Um. So because a we're doing kind of a photo for the listener party, and b we have no staff photos. After past, like, 2004. I mean, the most recent pictures we've taken, our pictures are all horribly outdated. Yeah. Like, the one of you has you in your I Kiss Justin shirt, which is at least two boyfriends ago. <laughs> uh, so, and...
2: And also, my bio on your page, because you th- care about it so much, it says, to be uh, coming soon. And it said coming soon for, like
1: six years. Is that true? Do you, yes, you Is, there, your ass. <laughs> is there, There's no Sarah Dillon this section?
2: No. None whatsoever.
1: This let me look. I, can this tells you how often I actually check the contents of my own website? Um, let's see here. All right, let's see. Where am I going? Staff Bios. Oh, yeah. Rick Emerson, huge bio. <laughs> it's like a nine-page entry Riley, on me.
2: bio, Sarah Dillon, coming soon.
1: <laughs> I didn't know that. I had no idea that Good was thing the case. Good thing you had
2: time to fill out your section, Rick.
1: <laughs> over and over and over again. Um, In
2: his spare time, Emerson enjoys reading Xbox and lurid fantasies
1: about Peggy Hill. you yeah, a knob. Wah.
2: What does mine say, coming soon? That's insulting. <laughs>
1: And you pretend clearly, to care. And it's clearly neither coming nor coming soon. It's probably this is clearly never going to be there. Um,
2: and these pictures. Let's see. I want to see the picture.
1: Let's look at the picture. Let's all do this together, kids. Let's all go to the staff. Uh, let's see. Staff and friends pics.
2: Other events.
1: Betsy the Stripper. Boy, this is oh, really. wow. These, these are all really old. Wow. Fourth
2: of July 2003 barbecue. I'm oh, looking at these, these
1: photographs. These photographs. Uh, at uh, This is at RickEmerson.com presumably the official clearinghouse for all Rick Emerson information. Jeez. These There's fo-
2: you with a huge beard. Yeah. Or, and no hair on the front.
1: Wait, huge beard where? Well, not
2: huge beard, huge, whatever you call that thing. What do you call the, it?
1: Oh, Van Dyke? Yeah. Where? On
2: 4th um, of July barbecue.
1: Oh, I'm on a different page than you are. You're at the event parties and events pics. And there's Justin. I'm at the staff and friends pics. I'm looking at the photographs of you. This one photograph of you, the sepia-toned one where you you have the the bangs and the blunt cut and you're holding the cigarette. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. That's a really good picture. I like that a lot.
2: I like that picture,
12: too.
1: It doesn't look dated. Some of these others um, just look a little dated because it's, um, it's just many hairstyles ago, I think. Uh, it's just uh, these are from... From some time back. Yeah, there's the I Kiss Justin shirt.
2: Oh, boy. And your big gay makeover. I remember when we just didn't really know each other very well at that point. We went shopping together.
1: <laughs> Oddly enough, this picture of you and Dennis Pitsenbarger is actually really good. Um,
2: Which section are you in?
1: I'm. In, if you go to RickEmerson.com, there's this uh, section called Staff and Friends Picks. Uh, and there's uh, six really outdated photographs of me. One literally from when I'm 16.
2: I don't uh, see any of the oh staff and friends.
1: I was Staff thinking. and Friends. This picture of you and Kristen from accounting. I mean it's you don't look bad in any way, it's just they're really dated photographs because you don't your style has, has updated somewhat or evolved a little bit since yeah. then. Yeah. Uh, of course there's only you're still far better than Tim, who has one <laughs> I have you. to say, sort of unflattering <laughs> picture that literally is from I think three radio stations ago. It's a picture from Hot Talk ten eighty K O T K. Wow. So I mean, that's just outdated in many, many hundreds of ways. So, long story short, this Friday we're doing a photo shoot that is, A, going to be a photo for the staff party, and, B, we are going to be doing some solo shots of us two in that same locale just to have, like, you know, like we're all going to stand and then he's going to take us out of the photograph uh-huh. one by one so we have at least some, like, relatively recent, like, Ooh, face you you shots. do you think I wear the
2: boots or should I wear the... The other shoes I was
1: wearing. Well, the one photograph is going to be head to toe. Yeah. But then he'll probably do that thing where he walks closer to you and bat farther away and gets like, you know, up Does to face a face, face shot, shot and then back Jason, Could Crump. we
2: sound more self-involved right now? Why don't we look at pictures of us while talking about other pictures of us that are going to be taken? On a
1: show all about us. <laughs> uh, the only way, I, I think it is interesting, though, because if you look at this, I mean, this is what people think we look like.
2: God. And Rick, you've got to get these taken down.
1: Well, if only I had something with which to replace them. I guess I could just have Joni put up stick figures.
2: Yeah, can I can I send you some pictures to so take some of these down? Well, can
1: I tell you that the, that the photograph they use for me here at CBS, like when they put out press kits or they put together like sales uh, brochures or something, the photo they use for me isn't any of these. It's not from a radio station. The photograph they use of me is the press shoot that Joni and I did for the movie Remote Control when we made that film. Uh-huh. That short film we did Remote Control, they did Jason Crump, who has taken really the only good photographs of me ever taken um that's the photograph they use in fact this photo that's on my my official at laminate is actually from the remote control press shoot because Mm -hmm. all of the photographs on my website are crap so my my point here is that i have to lose the beard like i can't i can't grow the beard now anyway Because we're going to be doing these photographs on Friday, and I can't have five days' growth. I'll just look like a like a knob. That's true. Uh, So I got it. But at the same time, we do sound really self-involved. But let me just plunge even further in by saying this:
2: You know, anything is going to be better than these pictures that you have up there representing me. I cannot believe how old those are.
1: And since we're getting photos done on Friday, I can't really get a haircut because I'm going to wait and get a haircut like kind of before the listener party happens, like a week beforehand. Uh, But I have to get something done about my sideburns because they're kind of uneven and sort of ragged. I'm going to get a haircut next week too. So I'm going to have to go to one of those places where they give you like a professional shave you know like where you lean back in the chair and the guy does the, you know the thing so i don't even know where to go so i gotta find some place where they'll give me a shave and make my face look presentable because after having not shaved for four days if i try to shave now it's just going to be all mangled so all right it's 503 uh 733 2970 503 733 uh, 2970 let's see who do we have what do we have? So on the, if I uh,
2: send you some pictures you will replace those?
1: If you send me some uh if you send me some photographs cuz I just have nothing with which to
2: And there isn't even our last listener party pictures up there. And is can, there?
1: and no, and can I tell you this uh, that if you look at any of the photoshop that listeners do of us where they take like our photograph and they stick it on like a horse body or something it's all from these photographs at like, five or six years of age mm-hmm. uh, or y- you're years old. That's why a lot that's of the... That's true
2: because the, the only picture of you, me, and Tim is from, like, four years ago.
1: It was from when we had gotten fired by Intercom. We so were three a, years ago. We were at a Gen Lane event in June of 2005. I remember really on
2: the patio of Cibala's. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So that's why so much of the Photoshop that is done about us has incredibly outdated photographs. Uh, we've got to
2: give the people something to work with. We've just
1: never we've never presented them anything new. Uh, all right, we'll do a few of these, and we'll take a break. We'll come back with Tim Riley. Hi, you're on The Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
10: Yeah, to focus on a, an updated party of your website, just streaming is awesome. I travel outside of the Portland area and through a series of tubes and wires and the Internet,
0: I can listen to uh, you guys in stereo through my car radio.
1: That's awesome. And let me also say this. Uh, some people listen to us streaming, and they listen to the podcast. Uh, if you listen to it, you'll actually notice that the program sounds kind of different, too, because you get... The, all the processing, which means you know we have like a big equalizer and you know all of this, this sort of electronic you know shenanigans that happens with the the signal, but you don't hear it, you know it's still it's in stereo and it's not compressed for the monophonic band and so or whatever it is the monaural band or whatever the hell that's called. So you know it does sound a lot different if you listen to it uh, in a in a streaming sense. So, yes, much fuller. All right, thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, there you go. It's 503-733-2970 on the Rick Emerson radio program. Um before we do, okay, and then we'll bring in uh Richie and we've got uh Tim Riley who's going to be coming up at the bottom of the hour.
2: We have a special guest in here too. Hey, it's Sarah
1: Wagner. Hello, Sarah Wagner. Hey, somebody Hi told Sarah. me was, somebody told me it was Sarah Wagner's birthday. This
6: Sarah's birthday? Oh my god. Happy birthday, Sarah Wagner. <laughs>
1: Congratulations on a happy birthday. Yes. What are you 30, 35? That isn't for you. It was just something to lure you in here. I'm not
6: middle-aged like you Ray. Right? Oh, I'm still in my 20s. Okay.
1: So, uh, somebody told us by the way that you were and I think and I think her name was Sarah Wagner. Somebody said that Sarah Wagner didn't get enough attention from Timmy Ryan.
2: And we wanted to resolve that issue. It's we just... wanted
1: to resolve the issue. So... We want to
2: be in a comfortable working environment
1: where everyone gets along with everyone. Me. So, ladies and gentlemen, Timmy Ryan now joins us in the studio. He literally just stepped out from behind a, a cupboard where he was hiding for the last 20 minutes. Uh, with Drinking his, box wine. With his guitar. <laughs> you... Timmy yes. Ryan is yeah. here to sing you a birthday song, Sarah Dillon. Just
2: for Sarah Wagner, now... not me. Sarah
1: Dillon, I'm sorry. You're now the envy of every girl in Portland.
2: <laughs> hey, uh, Sarah Wagner. Sarah, you have to Sarah Dillon.
1: I'm sorry. Oh, Sarah, Sarah Wagner. Wagner. Sarah Wagner. I
3: barely knew her. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I barely you knew missed her. missed it. So, right. ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, singing a special birthday song to Sarah Wagner, the one and only Timmy Ryan.
6: Well, Sarah, as I sing the song, I think I speak for all of us. <laughs> oh, God. We've got sunshine <laughs> on a cloudy day. I hate hearing everything. When okay. it's cold out Enjoy your gifts. We've got the month of May. Don't
1: ruin it, Sarah. Gosh, Sarah.
6: I guess you say, what could make us feel this way? Sir Wagner, Sir Wagner, Sir Wagner, <laughs> talking about Sir Wagner, Sir Wagner. Should <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I keep on going? Oh, no. Keep on going. One more verse. Okay. Take a break. How old is she? This only happens once a year, you know. How old is she? 28. Okay. It's
3: a hot. Really? Wow. It's
6: getting a little hot in here. 28 <laughs> candles. Make a lovely sight. We love you so much, Sir Wagner. We hope you have a wild
3: night.
6: Blow out the candles. Yes. Yeah. May your dreams come true Because Sarah Wagner You know we Love you Well you're 28 CBS Thinks you're great We the prettiest, the loveliest AE in the
3: state.
6: 28 candles for Sarah Wagner's cake. Cause as far as CBS is concerned, you're the greatest AE in the state. You're the greatest AE in the state. Yeah!
11: That was on the fly, by the way. Happy birthday, Sarah Wagner.
2: Happy
3: birthday, Sarah. Oh, another hug. Oh, you're a mature. Oh, hug. Wow.
4: Looking that guitar's in the way.
1: <laughs> I don't think that's a guitar, Tim. Oh. Is that a guitar in my lap? Or am I just happy to see you? <laughs> am I supposed
2: to open this? That you have a really nice voice, Tim. I don't no, there's know. nothing no, there's in there. Just nothing you in there. You. Oh,
6: Do you, Dave then called me on my cell phone. I'm like, okay, this is so weird. What's going on?
1: We thought you were going to be here too. So as as Sarah Wagner walked by the studio, Sarah uh, Dylan had a uh, Sarah had a box that she was holding up.
2: You can have the book that came in. It, like though. a cardboard <laughs> box
1: because she's like, I know I know how girls work. If, if she thinks I have something in a box for her, she'll come in and it worked
3: <laughs> like
1: a roach to a motel you came right in
3: i'm all present <laughs> oh, okay.
2: oh now i feel terrible
6: you get the present i of gave music. her an
2: empty box oh,
3: <laughs> thank
6: you thank you welcome never to radio have
1: an empty box oh,
6: oh. my goodness happy, happy birthday sarah burning up red okay all right thank you and thank
1: Bye. You. you can never again say that you don't get enough attention paid to you by timmy ryan never
6: ever again right.
1: <laughs> the rick emerson show returns next stay there Well, that was satisfying.
2: That was, that was worth it.
1: It's 503. The best part, though, and I hadn't really thought about this until you sort of put it together is that you waved her in with a fake <laughs> present and so not only did she not get the present, she got hugged by Timmy Ryan instead. That's like choosing behind what's behind door number two and it's like a big pile of, you know, like it's a big pile of just, like, dirt. <laughs> no offense, Timmy Ryan.
2: <laughs> oh, Timmy Ryan is genius. He
1: is. That, that was gold. That was fantastic. That was a long-ass hug he gave her, though.
2: He didn't, well, did you see how he started with one arm and then she tried to pull away and he, like, latched her in with both arms?
1: Like a, like a Chinese finger trap. The more she tried to get away, just the more she was stuck there. Tim a the program that people together it really is
2: tim said it best and i think we we're all very happy that the guitar was placed where it was indeed
1: uh somebody says uh, uh this is to sarah hey rick what most people don't consider is that the state treats your tax refund as income for this year so in the case of oregon you will owe nine percent tax on that next april you might suggest to sarah that she write a check for that nine percent of her refund right now and just give it to the state mm. i hadn't thought about that Did you get
2: which, which i just put it right into my savings account i'm going to give it to the state by not spending it
1: good for you good for you all right uh let's see um why does richie why does asian man richie bristol have such a white guy name shouldn't he have a name like chin wang or something like that he just wants to fit in chin wang (laughs) i'm just reading i'm just a journalist sarah reading the emails as they come in i'm holding a mirror up to society here's tim ron
4: And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. An Australian politician broke down during a news conference after admitting that he did indeed snip the chair of a female colleague. Uh The confession came from the leader of the Conservative Liberal Party of Western Australia, Troy Buswell, had previously uh, owned up to snapping the brass trap of an opposition party snapper. He told reporters at the televised news conference that he will not resign... But the tears welled in his eyes, and he choked up and asked how his family had reacted to the wine publicity given to the incident. Uh, after a break for a drink of water, he replied, These are difficult issues for me to deal with, and they're very difficult issues for my family to deal with. Uh, the woman involved uh, in the uh, the seat incident did not want to be named. It took place in front of other staff members and was done to get a lot. Oh. okay. He previously admitted to snapping the bra of a staffer for the Labor Party, which governs the state, and has been accused by a retired lawmaker making sexist remarks to her. Well, okay. No. I think this headline's a lie. The Leno to O'Brien handoff is shaking up late-night TV. No. How is that possible? That's not true. Jay Leno will only be remembered for one thing, and that is the... uh, the Hugh Grant interview, and that was it.
1: Well, I was and also, that is
4: the sole interview of his career that he'll be... I don't know how many years he's been doing this show now, but there's not one memorable moment from it.
1: I would say that the, the only other things that Jay Leno might possibly be remembered for are A, the dancing ethos, uh, it, it, maybe. But I, would you agree with this, that he'll be remembered for the Hugh Grant interview and largely, and to his detriment, he will be remembered, I would say, mostly, especially to maybe maybe people who sort of follow television, for the horrible manner in which he got that job. Oh, yeah, I mean it's that huge debacle between mm-hmm. him and Letterman and helen Kushnick and uh, n b c and c b s I mean, which is the subject of the book, uh, The Late Shift by Bill Carter, and then, of course, the movie, the same name. That's the thing about Jay Leno. You know what it is? Jay Leno is sort of the George W. Bush of late-night television, where the circumstances under which he got that job were just so mangled and corrupt that that just – he – I think by many people, Jay Leno has never been seen as a legitimate talk show host. No. Just like George W. Bush has never been seen as a legitimate president by most people, because just like George W. Bush didn't really win the election, he got it handed to him by a power broker at the last moment – that's what Jay Leno was. You know, the, the Letterman was the guy who was supposed to get the job, and there was a bunch of weird backroom finagling that handed over to Leno, um, you know, which I think everybody didn't sort of realize was a mistake because he's obviously and, – and, and people will point out that Leno actually had higher ratings for a long period of time, but clearly not high enough for NBC because they're giving him the booth. That's the only reason he's quitting is because they were going to fire him. So they're going to hand it to Conan O'Brien. Yeah. And so then who replaces Conan O'Brien? I don't know. I mean, not that it matters to me, because I don't watch late-night television, really, at this point. I haven't point,
4: watched but... late-night TV in years. Right? I mean,
1: I watch Kimmel every now and again. Uh, uh, but that's... Jimmy Fallon. Well, that's not bad. I can yeah. see Jimmy Fallon. He's a likable guy. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, good for him. All right, well done. So, yeah, Jay Leno will be remembered, as you said, for the Hugh Grant thing, and really for just being at the center of, of a controversy uh, involving his manager and how he got that gig. So. All
4: right. And uh, Ian McClellan will once again take up the role of Gandalf the Wizard, and the new J. A. R. Tolkien fantasy classic The
1: Hobbit. Fantastic. That's it for now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley. Would you like Timmy Ryan to come sing you something as you leave? Maybe hug you? No, my birthday's not until January. Okay. Duly noted. That's a tacit uh, that's tacit. And permission you know what, even then,
2: Tim, we will pretend that it doesn't exist because you don't want us to and we won't touch you.
1: Thank you. Well, <laughs> I don't even want to be touched by a guitar. <laughs> Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley returns at four five six and seven, uh, top of the hour. All the way uh, through life. Okay, we've
2: got to get Richie in here. Did you get this latest crop of
1: pictures that he said? Now, do do we have time to really do it justice?
2: We need to start it. We need to start it. I'm sorry.
1: I can't. Okay. uh, Well, let's do this. Uh, If we can just... um... Right here. Richie Bristol, if you can join us in the studio now. Richie, if you'd like to celebrate your Asian heritage more fully and you have an alternate name you'd like us to use, you just let us know, Okay. Okay. All right. Well, Witchy. Never mind. Oh boy. <laughs> Hello, Richie. I don't. I don't think that's uh, Asian. That's just creepy. Okay. Uh, all right. So, um, so now let's be very, very, very crystal clear about this. Is it okay for you to be talking about what you're about to talk <coughs> about?
11: Yeah, I talked to too.
1: Okay. And he you warned me about what? About, about this. The possibility about of this, this.
11: About this person. About different things that could
1: happen to you while on the site. Okay. So the thing that you are about to discuss. He's he's cool with you bringing it up because he obviously knows that when you're dealing with any number, when you're dealing with a large group of women or anybody, there's always a few bad apples, correct? That's, you know, yeah. every basket has a couple bad eggs.
3: Yeah, 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 Just yeah. Just a yeah.
1: couple? Look, so... How do I put this? Uh, so, Richie Bristol, as you know, is, uh, is an endorser for and user of South Sea Connections, which uh, helps uh, American men meet up with hot Asian ladies uh, uh, for love, romance, and, and other. whatnot, and, uh, and pen
3: pals, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and what
1: not. Um, so, it, Richie's been bringing in these sheets every day, kind of showing the women that he sort of flagged or that he thought were, what is your deal, fives or above? <laughs> yeah. And no okay. kids. And fives and no kids. Fives, no kids. That and, might change. And, uh... <laughs> And and sort of, you know, just making little notes about what you found hot about them and whatever. Uh-huh. So Richie brought in what is this person's do you want to give the name? Uh this is stage three. But but what is the
11: person's <laughs> name? Do you know Chrissy. Chrissy. But I'll get into that. Um
1: Chrissy looks like uh Chrissy looks like a dude. Chrissy looks like a man.
11: <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't think those ones look like a man. Are these the same girl? Yeah, but this is the. This looks like a over. dude, Richie. This looks like an. Let guy. me see the other photograph. No, dude. don't tell me that, cause I. Okay, I, this. Okay, this oh, dude. Have you seen this other <laughs> photograph though? Look at that. Look at oh Richie, that's a man. <laughs> that's what it, <laughs> Baby, those
1: two don't look like That looks like a This looks like a man.
2: this, okay, is this looks, looks like a. Around. This
1: looks like a pretty man. Oh, that looks completely this is like totally a man. Totally a dude. Now maybe oh, I'm prejudiced man. because I saw the other photographs first. No, this so, is such a man. This is a more glamorous photo, but having seen the other photographs first, this still looks like a drag queen. You know what? That those... is a dude, oh, Richie. That is a dude. Please tell me you've had cyber sex with it. I got the stage What is three. Please.
10: What is stage what is three? three? Mean? Is that like third base? Please, please uh, tell huh? me.
1: Please tell me that you had cyber sex with him.
10: I got a cyber massage.
11: No, oh, no, I'm so dirty. <laughs> what does
2: that even mean?
6: What Does that what mean, does mean
11: that you that mean? Had a cyber massage? What does that mean? I don't know. No Did no. Did you no. cyber you know. massage yourself? No. <laughs> I never do that. <laughs> I don't want to talk
1: about it. <laughs> <laughs> but you're going to, though. Uh, oh, no. What do you mean you had a cyber massage? What does that mean? This is a man, Richie. This is a man in a wig. Like, like, what were you cool. trying to like,
2: convince yourself? I don't understand. How you can be you de- the Adam's apple.
1: Delude yourself. This is a man in earrings and lip
11: gloss. Well, when I got, you know, we exchanged real emails. I got one from where it works. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it said Christian, and I questioned that. I was like, Christian's a...
2: Okay, do you want to see it in full color? <laughs> Look at that!
11: Look
3: no,
1: dude, no. that is a, no. a full. I know that dude. dude. Look, at that guy. Zapper. Well,
2: but how is that's, that's still the same like person, dude. even though they're different okay, pictures. Well, Richard, now this
1: is a feminine-looking photograph. But again, realize I'm looking at this photograph after having seen the ones. Look at that! A
2: guy.
11: That the, is a guy, Richard. But that, look at, those are girls, right there. They are
2: not
6: girls.
1: Those pictures right there, right? Those first two is a girl. Picture. Okay, but so please tell me that you had cyber sex.
11: Please. I don't know what you consider cybersex. <laughs> oh, god. I think you know. I don't know. Did, sure. you use, uh, did you use? Did you? I use protection. <laughs> I protected my keyboard.
1: <laughs> oh, that's the worst. That is so <laughs> gross. That, that's so The worst thing I've ever oh heard. Oh my god! <laughs> that's the worst thing anybody's ever said in this room. <laughs>
3: uh,
11: no. <laughs>
1: I'm so dirty.
11: So did
3: you? I don't even know how to. Did proceed. you guys
2: share any intimate experiences?
1: A lot. <laughs> Richie had cyber sex with a dude. No.
2: Byron will be not at all surprised to hear that.
11: So I didn't I mean, figure it out until I got that email. It says Christian, and then I asked her. If, that sounds like a asked masculine her, name. She was a man. I go, what's the thing with the Christian? She goes, oh, I got my friend George, who's a
1: girl. My friend George, who's a girl. <laughs> and then I started questioning. <laughs> Let me understand this. Uh, if you're talking to a so-called woman with a man's name, uh, whose friend whose name's George, but <laughs> they claim is a woman,
11: like Georgia or something. Uh huh. Yeah. But then she sent me links to YouTube, and uh, somebody had filmed her doing. She sings at night. Uh huh. And I'm like, okay. So I I watched him, and I think it's a gay bar. <laughs> no, really?
1: It's like... Do you think like maybe it's a drag bar? That's
11: what i was thinking. Yeah, yeah no, it's blurry.
1: Now, did Stu warn you that this might happen? Oh yeah, he walked me through all the. He said, "Can you again?" And it's... it's it, and, and I mean this sincerely. I mean, it's you've brought in a bunch of what are really, you know, hot women, obviously real women. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you're talking to X number of people, there's gonna be. Was, as I said, a, a few there's going to be a few sketchy apples in, in the bag. Yeah, he warned me about how long their are members. Did he say not to have cyber sex with a, a woman who had a huge Adam's apple and a penis? <laughs> Did he say that at some point? I missed that class. <laughs> Just kidding. He
11: talked about, immediately talked about, you know, what Wow. How dirty do you feel about
1: yourself on a scale of 1 to 10? I'm going to the bathroom right now. All right. Come back when you're done. <laughs> All right. Back after this is the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. That's funny, Richie seems to be taking an awful long time in the bathroom. All I hear is water running. Ugh. Well, okay.
2: Where did he go, Richie? Come
1: in. I don't know the answer to that. Ah, you're on. The, oh, screening calls. Richie, please come back okay. into the we, studio. You don't need to screen. <laughs> we'll just take these. We'll take these on screen, Richie. What's the worst that could happen? All right, it's five zero three seven three three. Uh 2 nine, 70. five oh three uh 503 733 2970 Here comes Richie Bristol. He's a berserker. Hi, Richie. So what's stage Hello. three? <laughs> well, it's, I don't know. <laughs> Wait, so How when many
2: stages are there? When, what is sta- I don't know. What is
11: stage one? Uh, you just get their Get the contact info. What is stage two? Uh, you start emailing. You start, start a correspondence. Is stage three,
1: intimate talk.
11: Where, yeah, you start talking about yourself it's a little more, you send pictures, maybe
1: for provocative pictures and video. Let me ask you this. Video it, provocative pictures. Did this person, this woman who's clearly a man in drag, send you a provocative picture? Well, I guess how could she? Did you see she, any boobage? When I saw those pictures, the ones that I saw, see the
11: Adam's apple kind of, I kind, kind of. of was like... Wait a minute here. (laughs) Did you ask her? Wait a minute. I should
1: put my pants back on. I
11: asked questions about her name, and she was talking about her friend George, who happened to be a girl, Uh and somebody else and something, and then she sent me these links to these videos, and
1: I sat at YouTube watching them, but you can't (gasps) see them.
2: they YouTube videos?
1: Yes. Please. Now, can I please tell me that during the... All
2: right. Rick wants to ask you the question. Come on. Ask him the question, Rick.
1: Uh Uh-oh. Was this a, this cyber sex experience you had, was this a full A to Z experience, Richie? No, A to M. A did the massage.
2: 8 a to M sounds really
1: bad. <laughs> a to M. Um, please tell me.
2: What's the massage? Is, is
1: wh- that where she did? Please, I wish we had more time today.
2: Does um, <laughs> it please? She puts things in asterisks? It says, rubs shoulders. That, I
3: was just <laughs> oh, thinking that. No. just <laughs>
1: thinking that. Oh, you're so horrible. I was just thinking that. Uh, is that what it was? Slowly works her way up your calves. No what is a cyber massage
11: yeah i said i was sore from working out and she says well here let me hit your shoulders in and did she describe
1: know. how she would be rubbing you down and things yes and, and things. things please tell uh-huh. me that while you were um handling things on your end please tell me you had a picture up on the screen for like visual stimulation please. oh not hers
3: <laughs>
11: Wait, so you didn't well, have actually one. the one on her profile I'll i'll show you it you would look at it and it's she's cute uh huh. You I mean, he's cute. He's cute. The, the pictures cute enough got, to get the job done. They anyway. got worse and worse. I mean, it looks, <laughs> at first you look at it, it's pretty. And then next one, they're, oh, they're cute. And then next one, you're like, wait a minute. Adam's apple. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> All right. And that had been too late by the time I got those ones.
1: <laughs> too late. The ship had already sailed, as it were. Yeah. <laughs>
11: <laughs> I'm so dirty.
1: Down scope. All right. Thanks, Richie. Oh,
11: thanks a lot, Richie. Happy
1: birthday to Sarah Wagner. Thank you to After Timmy Ryan. Uh, let's see. We want to thank CNA radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins for joining us today. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Dennis Pittenberger <laughs> and we'll uh, probe the mystery of the man-woman a little further with Richie Bristol. Uh, Rick Emerson, show produced today, today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen for AM 970. Solid State Radio News from Tim on the phones. Richie Bristol, the gatekeepers. Dave's in. Bridget and Susan upstairs. See you tomorrow. Bye now.
3: Welcome to the Isle of Lesbos.